Hello, Internet. That was a little bit of a preview of, I guess, what we're going to talk about today. We saw Godzilla, King of All Monsters, yesterday in the theaters. Um, and we're here to give you our impressions once again. You guys know who we are. We're the Pop Culture Over Pizza crew. As always, I am your host, in quotes, Jose. To my left, I have my good friend enjoying some good Chinese food. Not pizza today, but can't have pizza every time. What's up, man? Bravo, si Balrog. Balrog Mugulis. Yeah, 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 yeah. What's going on? Say hello to the people. This is Metatron. Greetings. And this is the kaiju named Walt. Zilla. Always. Last but not uh, least. Uh, 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 <laughs> I like that taste in my mouth. Pretty creative of you. Go, 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 Waltzilla. Go, go, yeah. Waltzilla. You know, you know who um, what? did that remake, right? That's a remake of the Blue Oyster. Blue that was Oyster. a remake of the Blue Oyster Cult version? Yeah. yeah. Oh, did you guys look By it up after Serge the movie? Serge Tankanian. Serge, oh, Serge Tankian from, yeah. from, from freaking System of a Down. I there love that. Actually, you know what? I saw that in the credits, and I was like, that can't be right. And then I just, like, dismissed it somehow. And then you reminded me, Meta, that it was Blue Oyster Call when we left the theater. But, uh, hey, look, I love System of a Down. I've seen them live. Actually, yes. yeah, I've seen them live. They were freaking awesome. They were mm -hmm. amazing. One of the best live concerts I've ever seen. So I can appreciate anything that Serge or Darren or the rest of the guys end up doing. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, guys. We are here again to talk about Godzilla, King of the Monsters. We all saw it yesterday in theaters. It came out yesterday. Uh, it came out with pretty good reviews, middling to the say the least, but the, the fans really seem to like it from what I've seen so far on Metacritic and Rotten Tomatoes. Maybe some people here are of the same opinion. I don't know. I don't want to give that away yet. That would be a spoiler, perhaps. Um, but it looks like it's set to make about $50 million this weekend, so a fairly solid opening, a little bit less than was expected of Godzilla. Hopefully that trend will not lead them to make any changes to the upcoming Godzilla versus King Kong, which I believe releases next year. Um, but yeah, uh, let's jump right into it first with our geek outs of the week. Okay, so I guess, you know, what? I'll just start off with what I've been geeking out as a repeat a little bit, but I've been geeking out more so over um, the FX show, What We Do in the Shadows, based on the Jermaine Clement and Taika Waititi film of the same name, came out a few years ago. Uh, the show is based on a completely different set of characters from the movie, but there was an episode recently that was fantastic. Uh, I think it was episode eight. It's a bit of a spoiler, um, but the main characters on the show, uh, Laszlo, Nando, uh, or yeah, uh, Laszlo, Nando the Relentless, Nandor the Relentless, um, and Nadia are the three main vampires. They get uh, arrested for doing something illegal, we'll say, in the vampire world, and they face a council of vampires led by a real-life actress. She's not playing a part. It's just Tilda Swinton is a vampire, apparently. <laughs> Tilda Swinton. Uh, Danny Trejo is a vampire with tattoos and all that good stuff. Ah, uh, like Dust Till Dawn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And they make light of his tattoos and that stuff, too. Like, Tilda Swinton's like, yeah, cool, tattoos. Uh, Evan Rachel Wood, because she's in True Blood, right? I think she's in True Blood back in the days. So she was in, she's in this, too. Um, well, Paul Rubens, P.B. Herman. <laughs> Um, and the, the, the three main characters for the movie reprise their roles um, in this movie so they come back those three vampires show up for the first time on the show and uh, Wesley Snipes calls in from Skype apparently he's a vampire and he's an actual daywalker like he is in the Blade movies uh, so there's a lot of great episodes there's a couple of more that were awesome uh, I just love the characters I love their the how way that they speak the kind of humor that they have on the show um the werewolf episode, if you guys haven't seen it, is another awesome, awesome, awesome episode. I think that's episode 
five or six. Swearwolves, not swearwolves. And by the way, this is sort of unrelated, but um, I have heard rumors recently that with the popularity of the show, there was thoughts of years ago after the the movie where we what we do in the shadows came out of making a movie about the werewolves in that movie. Uh, so there's renewed interest in possibly making a movie about the werewolves from the the what we do in the shadows movie, which I would love. That would be fantastic. Uh, but I've been watching all the episodes. I'm all caught up on that. If you guys really, really liked uh, the movie or the type of humor that Taika Waititi of Thor Ragnarok fame brings to TV shows or to movies, um, this is something you should definitely check out. This is kind of, again, totally unrelated. But did you guys hear apparently Taika Waititi is in charge of the Akira remake? Yep. If I'm not mistaken? Yep. So that could be interesting. I get a feeling that's kind of why like Thor Ragnarok had a little bit of cyberpunk element in it. Maybe he was kind of testing out what Akira would look like when it comes out as a, as a live action movie. But anyway, I digress. I don't want to get too far off of what I'm geeking out over today, you guys. Uh, Meta, what's your what's your geek out for the past couple of weeks or for the past week? Well, the past like two days, uh, I don't know if you guys had, uh, played this game on the mobile, but Dragon Ball Legends got kind of Date. Oh, it did? It's pretty cool. I haven't played it in a bit, but it's a fun game. I got Vegito. That's awesome. The one from the from the, the the anime, the recent anime, Super, with no, Blue? the Blue Saga. The Blue Saga. So, blonde, so Super Saiyan Vegito. No, just regular Vegito. Oh, yeah, that's like right. When they first put on the Batars. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Still super powerful. Still super awesome. Oh, yeah. Um, the other thing I did recently was I went to see Aladdin in theaters. Oh man, okay. So like that kind of looked like it was getting panned a little bit. What did you think of it? Did you like it? I personally enjoyed it. Yeah. Honestly, if, if I'm gonna be blunt, what it is is a retelling of the the original. The original, idea. and it doesn't change too much. It's basically the same story. Okay. But even the little things they do change, yeah. it does it doesn't impact it in like such a bad way. Mm -hmm. Including Will Smith. <laughs> no, okay, that's I'm I joking, have a problem I'm with that. I'm Will Smith was awesome. As I didn't. The GD. I didn't think he would be that bad. I think it was a lot of like kind of like the whole reaction to Sonic, his design. I think it was a lot of reaction to his design at first. You know, that's that's me. But I mean, Will Smith is a good that, actor. He's funny. Why wouldn't he be good at the role? Right. I think part of the reason is also because Robin Williams was so iconic. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of hard for people to see past that stuff. They see Will Smith and are like, oh, he's never going to be a Robin Williams in the role. Right, especially so. considering Robin Williams passing away and right. that, like, people wanted to preserve his legacy in this movie. But, yeah, I'm, I'm ranting a little bit. Tell, tell us a little bit more, if you could, Meta. Well, that's that's another thing, too. Because uh -huh. there are obviously musical sequences in this movie. Right? right. There's not as many as the cartoon, though, I think, right? Actually, Maybe. they added a track to it. They did. Yeah, I'm surprised at that because most of their I haven't seen a lot of the Disney live action remakes, but don't most of them like pull the music? Actually, they don't have as many of the musical numbers. That's, um, that's as far as I've not seen for this one at least. Yeah, this one retained all of the old ones yeah. plus like two new ones. I guess it depends on who's making it because Dumbo really looked like a totally different movie. Then again, yeah, I haven't seen it, Dumbo. but like there were some problematic elements in Dumbo with like the crows and stuff like that too. But they changed the, the entire story apparently. But if you look so at Beauty and the Beast, musical numbers. Interesting. If you look at Beauty and the Beast, and um, what was the other one? Jungle oh, the Jungle Book. Book came out, right? Jungle Book was the one that didn't have as many, but yeah. Beauty and the Beast kept a lot of them. It's probably the Jungle Book because like it would be weird to have animals singing. Like maybe the CGI well, wasn't quite there. They singing. They yeah. did. Yeah, they but did. But they still had that part. Yeah, I have to see those. That. I heard the Jungle Book was one of the better Jungle ones. Book is actually. Awesome, you know? Okay. Okay. So on that. Yeah. It was a little jarring because. Uh -huh. 
I mean, Will Smith, uh, he, he did good in the singing roles, but it felt weird. Well, he like, did he was sing he or rap? He was he was funny. He was really funny. <laughs> but like, oh, can I ask you one more question? Yeah. I'm sorry to cut you off, but like, from what I saw in the trailers, did they kind of lean towards more Will Smith looking normal and less blue? Because that was one thing that looked like a change. There were sequences where he did look normal. Mm-hmm. It, it, I have to say it's more half-half. Mm-hmm. Okay. But so I'm trying to remember, because I know the original animated movie, obviously, for a while, he was pretending to be human when he did, when they did the whole Prince Ali stuff. Yeah. He was pretending to be like an attendant. He looked human. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is more 50-50. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But I still enjoyed it. I mean, spoilers out there. I'm warning you now if you're going to see it or something. I was a little disappointed that I didn't see a giant cobra. I was really looking forward to it. Oh, man, because that's like the cool ending, man, when he fights the giant Jafar cobra. Iago does get, like, Godzilla-sized, so at least they had that. Okay, so they did add that to the movie. I'm more looking forward to The Lion King, if I'm going to be honest, because The Lion King is one of my favorite animated Disney movies ever. Uh, and I like the cast. The cast looks really cool. But if your if your recommendation is this movie is a thumbs up, then I might check this out as well because it looked. I mean, I liked Aladdin too a lot. You know, what I mean, when I was a kid, like kind of those were all '90s movies that I kind of grew up with when I was a teenager. So all that stuff is kind of sentimental and cool to me. All right. Yeah. All right. So that was that. Nice, nice. Oh, and then not only that, this is the very last thing. Mm-hmm. I'm still going through Game of Thrones. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> well, you're on season six about now, right? Yes, so, the second, first or second episode of season six. That's one of my favorite seasons. I think you're gonna you're in for a treat. I think that was the last. No, half of that season I think had the book still as a basis, right? And then the second yes. half I think didn't have the books as right. a basis. That's but, that's where. It, oh yeah. But anyway, <laughs> exactly. anyway, season, I mean, season six was my favorite. Season six is awesome. Season six is awesome. Um. And they made, like, I don't know, it's interesting with Game of Thrones because they made a lot of the right changes compared to the books on the TV show until the end. But we already talked about all that. Right? Yeah, let's not, okay. <laughs> let's not get too far yes, into this. Please. You don't want to bore people with Game of Thrones stuff, even though Game, there's Game, still Game of Thrones stuff going on everywhere. Basic point of enjoying <coughs> it. So. By happens. the way, that Game of Thrones Conquest game, the app, that game is all glitching. Like, it sucks. <laughs> so for anyone who's a big Game of Thrones fan, like I am, but they want to get into the whole like you know, like the whole game like world mm-hmm. and whatnot. Like delve deeper into it. Yo, don't download Conquest. That game became very glitchy. Well, you should probably, if anything, like the Game of Thrones games that I hear are really good are the Telltale games. But Telltale is done. Yeah, yeah they're done. It's yeah. true, but they did make at least one season of it, right? They did, but um, and like you were looking, it's not on the App Store anymore. No, it's not. So you can't you... download anymore if you're a new guy. Are you yeah. shitting me? Mm-hmm. No, it's not. It's not they there took anymore. It off the App Store. Off, for, off the uh, Apple yeah, App Store? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Because remember, know. that game comes out as well for other systems, too, right, right, I would right. imagine. I'm just so going to check real The only ones who can re-download not, are the ones who originally downloaded. It's right, probably console people can still buy it, too, I bet, but I don't know. Oh, yeah, probably. Uh, if it's not on mobile anymore, because mobile do, probably requires a lot more support in order to keep it running, so I don't know. I'm going to check right now to see if it's there. And, 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 yeah, looking at the... The Android, the Google Play Store, and it looks like Telltale Games has removed Game of Thrones' Telltale game from from the uh, Android store. So I don't know, man. Like, it's weird. Like, I was looking at it, and, like, all the other ones, The Wolf Among Us and all that other stuff, the Walking Dead games from Telltale are still there. So I guess I don't understand why Game of Thrones is no longer on any of the mobile app stores. But whatever. It's totally weird. It's gone. We're never going to see it again. It's dead. It's over. All right, guys? So what's not dead is Mr. Balrog's 
geek out for the week. Why don't you tell us about what you've seen recently, good sir? Yeah, of course. I got two things that I've been geeking out over lately. So two. We don't have time for that. We have time for one, dude. Yeah, yeah, I know. What the hell? What is this? I mean, all right. So, all right, I'm <laughs> go, man. Go, go, right, go. Right. Talk. Right. I'm gonna Talk. drop Brightburn real quick. Brightburn was awesome. Yeah. All right. Despite I don't want to see that. Actually. Yeah. Despite yeah. Rotten Tomatoes, I'm giving it a 57. percent I don't believe Rotten Tomatoes yeah, anymore, I, man. I don't it's believe a, it's it. It's a genre movie, though. Genre movies always get bad ratings. Yeah, you know, so you know? I, I don't even, I don't even look at those. Is the genre movie that's not an Avengers style blockbuster? No, but Bright, like Brightburn shit. was really, uh, it was, it was really suspenseful and gory. It, it lived up to the hype, lived up to its hype, hype. Excuse me, it lived up to its hype in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And um, it's quite a terrifying what if story. I'm gonna leave it at that. And uh, yeah, it, it was definitely worth a watch. I gave it a 15 out of 20 rings of power. And another thing I've been geeking out over is the return of Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Oh Did my it? gosh, what? a trailer dropped the other day, man. Yo, they're bringing back Call of Duty Modern Warfare. They're yeah. rebooting it. They're with, bringing back the original Colonel character. Price or whatever, Captain right? Price. Captain Price? Right. Excuse me. And, um, Colonel, I don't know. <laughs> you Might be in one of the later games, I think, that he becomes a colonel, if I'm not mistaken. I think it was like four or something. Uh, no, nah, whatever. he was a captain the whole time. The whole time? Yeah. yeah you know better than I do. I haven't played Call of Duty as much. Dude, but, yeah, to talk bring about, it back, talk about the... Um, Dude, Captain Price is back, and they kept the old call signs for all the true fans that know he was known as Bravo Six. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, they got that. They're bringing back um, like these revamped COD Four um, skins based on on the old game, mm-hmm. and it's just hu- um, hugely nostalgic for a lot of true fans. Now, is it a re- it drops October twenty five? It's a total, totally redesigned version of the game, right? It's not just Correct. a reskinned, remastered. Like it's. Is the gameplay is gonna be different in everything, right? Aren't right. they changing that also? It's totally new, have especially you, multiplayer. Okay, so what have you seen so far that are the differences? Because I'm one of those people that like I think I have to get slightly in depth with this because right. I have hated Call of Duty for a while. Right, honestly. I, I understand since that. since like Modern Warfare two or three, I'm just bored with it. I'm just so bored with it because it's been the same thing. Right, right. So what do you what do you see that kind of looks? Does anything looks different, exciting? Like, have you felt any of this Call so, of Duty fatigue that I felt? All right. So in, or, in or classic what? multiplayer, right? Um, originally, there was the create a class. Yeah. You, mm-hmm. you choose your own weapons and whatnot. You mix and match and whatnot. Yeah. Now they're bringing kind of back to old school. Like, there's already a designated class, and you choose which one you want to. That's go. like Battlefield. So, exactly. That's like Battlefield. So okay. you choose like a sniper. You can still class. make some customizations within that. Right. Class, you can tweak it a bit, but yeah. it's still at a certain class. And okay. On top of that. Each class that you choose has its own um, has its own background story. So it's actually a character, okay. and they have like their own origin story and whatnot. So it's kind okay. of Rainbow Six Siege-ish. Oh, I like that actually because I always liked that about Rainbow Six. I like yeah, yeah, yeah. even though this is probably not going to be the same in that sense, but I always liked in Rainbow Six how like you had your operators mm-hmm. that they died and they, have they were gone. Stories. That was yeah. I used to love that. That was so cool. And yeah, having their own stories because a lot of the guys from Rainbow Six, I think one of them was. Um, What's his name? Who was president in the other Tom Clancy films? Jack Ryan. Jack Ryan, right? Or Jack Ryan was one of the characters in mm-hmm. those too. What else? What else do you see about it that looks pretty new and interesting and cool? Just the um, just the visuals, man. The visuals yeah. are amazing. Super updated and, and slick. Very, I have to yeah. check out this trailer because, like, a lot of people or even people that I know who haven't liked Call of Duty for a while are kind of like, this looks new and interesting. And I was reading through the comments on YouTube. Maybe. I'm looking at a lot of OG fans. You know, they're like, "Yo, Infinity Ward is back. They're they're gonna save Call of Duty because you know." Infinity Ward is what started Call of Duty. They're the, yeah, it's been what Treyarch has been making it, I think, a couple right. of times. Right. So Infinity Ward started Call of Duty, and then over the years it has died. And I don't blame you for not liking it at all ever yeah. since like Modern Warfare. But now people are saying, and it's true, Infinity Ward is going to it's going back to save Call of Duty. 
Yeah, because like to me, Treyarch all they did is they did kind of like not to look. I'm not going to insult your iPhones in this way necessarily. It's a good phone, but like such an incremental update every year with yeah. the Call of Duty games. You know what I mean? You got such little different like besides, until or after after like zombies. I feel like they didn't add anything else oh, to the game. Oh, speaking of that, just remind me, they, nope. they're not adding zombies in this or anything. There's no yeah, Call of Duty zombies. No, zombies. no okay. extinction mode. I think uh-huh. they're going to bring back something called survival mode from Modern Warfare 3, yep. which Ooh. is basically like, you remember Horde mode from Gears yeah, of War? Yeah, yeah. Uh, remember yeah, that? Yeah. So you basically have to survive that. wave after wave. I love enemies. that mode. That's it, cool. They're going to bring that to Call of Duty. That must be interesting. If they like add like certain different types of characters, maybe certain vehicles and things Dude, like that too, that'd be sick. It's, that'd it's be odd sick. Like, to know that sometimes the way to advance is to go back. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I feel like that's kind of the thing with Call of Duty. They added too many bells and whistles that I just didn't care about. No, and they tried to make it you so know? sci-fi like a Halo game. Like, no, I'm, if I want to yeah. play a Halo game, I'll play Halo. Didn't they have one in space? Right, yeah. Yeah, that was the last one, I wow. think. If I, want, if I want a sci-fi game, I'll play a sci-fi game. If I want a realistic shooter, right. I'm going to play a you realistic shooter. You got guys flying around, sliding around with rockets right. like stop, it's Titanfall stop, or right, stop something. Stop trying to be something you're not. That's the whole thing about Call of Duty. Or, or no, yeah. What was it? When that game Crisis 3 came out, that's when they started adding all this sci-fi, like, flying around shit to Everyone Call of Duty. Problem. It's ridiculous. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, a lot of a lot of these games just started getting closer and closer to each other. I think of. I think the moral of the story <laughs> is like whatever let's let whatever video game you're gonna like get into, stick to that certain genre. Don't try to make it into something else that's yeah, not right, exactly. And there's definitely so, some fun in taking the setting of Call of Duty and playing with it a little bit, but I feel like the the joy of Call of Duty, yeah. at least for me, and you could you're you're more of a fan than me, you could agree or not. But the part of the joy of Call of Duty was like, this is so awesome. I'm like on Omaha Beach. Yeah. Like I'm fighting in World War II or like, you know, like you're fighting in these real theaters, you know, with real weapons, not like freaking laser guns and like <laughs> jumping off walls and all this. Not like that's got its place. Yeah. But again, not to me. In Call of Duty, that's not the place for it. Especially you know Battlefield. Yeah, 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 exactly. There's, there's different, there's a lot of differences. And like, yeah, like Battlefront, you know, it's a sci-fi shooting game. So obviously you want to see cool, crazy stuff like that exactly. in a game like that. Call of Duty, it's just, stop making it so damn sci-fi. October 25, baby. Looks October. exciting. It looks much more exciting than what we've seen recently. So Apparently this thing is going to be oh. a reboot. Yeah, said, yeah, right, exactly. They're not remastering it or anything. They're not if they're saying, remastering they're not, that'd be they're not, stupid. They're not saying <laughs> Modern Warfare 4. They're saying Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Right, yeah. it's not it's a, a direct sequel to Modern Warfare 3. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to be focusing more on single-player campaigns. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. more campaign based. That's what's up. And some of the yeah. campaigns from back then were so awesome too. Because I remember one of my favorite memories from the original Call of Duty on PC is when you got to the snow levels Bro, against listen, the Nazis. Overall, Call of Duty has you Call to, you get the Warfare, blow up tanks. It was so good. The Modern Warfare trilogy is has arguably one of the best campaigns in video game history. Mm-hmm. Okay, like the yeah. whole story of the Modern Warfare. Trilogy I remember the first two. I don't think I fe- I finished the third one. It looks, it looks the like one. they're taking the campaign and putting it into two places. Tier one is the first the first part, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you're gonna be playing a special forces soldier, and then the second part you're gonna be a rebel fighter in the Middle East. Oh, oh yeah, wow. yeah. Well, that's that's kind of like so, how they used to do the old ones too. Yeah. Remember, it was like point of view from different different exactly. theaters in the war. That's you were the Russians in certain levels. You know? uh, yeah, you were the Americans in other levels, mm-hmm. and like you were all these different. You were the British in different levels, and like the different Call of Duty. So that's what also what made it so cool to me because that's how you could. Leap from theater to theater, or like even like you know, take it to like Halo. You remember you play as the Master Chief, then you switch to the Arbiter. Yeah, right. it's like Halo Two, basically, right? Halo Two was the one where they, right? Halo Two was the one where you got to play as the Arbiter for the first time, right? Yeah, Yeah. Mm -hmm. so you get both sides of the war, which is cool, which I like. And the the guy that's designing the single player mode, he even said himself, he was like, if we show a world where the heroes fight terrorists and win, 
you never see the impact of the average person, the collateral damage or the morally gray situations that soldiers themselves have to face. So exactly to your points, they're showing it from different perspectives. Yeah. They're showing it from one side and the other. Which is right what makes any any game or any kind of fiction, like, I love gray areas, man. Like, it's so, it's to me, like, unless, you know, there's certain places where, like, a simple, stylized, good versus evil story works. But, like, things like, like some of these things got to grow up. Modern Warfare's got to grow up a little bit, and I think this is a good way to do it. Is that's that gameplay? That's a beautiful visual. Yeah. That's impressive, yeah. The screenshots are amazing. That is very, very impressive. You're going to get it, Walt, when it comes out? October 25th? Yeah, yeah well, listen, it's right around my birthday, so okay. why not? Our birthday. Right? <laughs> Happy birthday to Walt. Maybe we should have a Modern Warfare tournament at your place for, there you for that. So, uh, let's jump right into it after some cool geek outs. I'm actually pretty excited now to check out uh, the new Call of Duty game. Um, so that was an effective geek out. Thank you very much. But let's jump right into it. Godzilla King of Monsters. We saw it yesterday. This is the sequel or the third in the series after Godzilla 2014 and Kong Skull Island that came out just a couple of years ago. Um, the movie stars Millie Bobby Brown of uh, Stranger Things fame. Eleven, Vera Farmiga is in it. Zhang Ji, who I actually haven't seen in a while, and she still looks basically the same age as she always has since, like, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. That woman is forever ageless. Mr. Tywin Lannister, Charles Dance, makes an appearance in this movie and is suitably sinister, but also somewhat sympathetic at the same time. So I like the way that they took his character. I'm, not, I'm like, don't worry, I won't jump too far into my characterizations of the movie just yet. But it was, you know, I always love to see Charles Dance, Tywin Lannister, and anything that he's in. Kyle Chandler... You know, like dramaing it up as he usually does. Sally Hawkins, Ken Watanabe, uh, and Mr. Bradley Whitford, Thomas Middleditch, and O'Shea Jackson Jr. or uh, Ice Cube's kid, right? Yeah, Ice Cube's kid. So we saw it yesterday. Um, yeah, you didn't realize that was him, dude. <laughs> That's Ice Cube Jr. That's Ice Cube Jr., man, the dude who's the military guy with the goatee. Uh, That's Ice Cube's Straight kid. Out of Compton, bro. Yeah, he was in Straight Outta Compton 2 playing Ice Cube, even though I actually haven't seen that, but I heard it's pretty good. Uh, yeah, I, no, I remember right away. I was like, and plus, like, if you listen to him in the movie, if you listen to him speak, he sounds like Ice Cube, man. It's like, you know what I saw recently? I saw a Black Klansman with, um, what's it, John David Washington, who's uh, Denzel Washington's kid. Yeah. Same thing. Also, sounds, mannerisms, just like. Man he's got the mannerisms down. Yeah, he's exactly the same human being. He's yep. just like a little darker than Denzel Washington, a little bit younger. But uh, anyway, Godzilla King of the Monsters. We saw it yesterday. Um, it wasn't a very packed theater. We ended up on a showtime that apparently they added last minute, which yeah. is probably a good sign. That means the movie theater probably was selling out pretty well. Um, but again, it came out to the tune of what's projected to be about $50 million, which. That's still a kind of success, and we're still going to see Godzilla versus King Kong next year. So, whatever. It's still leading us in the direction we got to lead in. Actually, it's a little disappointing in the box office figures, uh, at least domestically. Yeah, it was supposed to be about 60 to 65, I think, right? That was what right. they were really aiming for. But but I think the more troubling thing is that it's actually, with, with these three movies, mm -hmm. it's actually the worst performing so which far. i don't understand you know, the first one came out um godzilla 2014 i think it came out to 93 million yeah and then it was like skull 70 or 75 island, i think for skull island or 60, something like that 60 million 60 something um, and you know what guys i gotta be honest i haven't seen the other two 
yet. Yeah, uh, this is the one I was most excited to see. You haven't seen Kong Skull Island? You Skull? should see how Meta is looking at me right now, guys. His jaw just dropped off the table entirely. Yeah, entirely. He, he was the actual and I knew that was going to happen when I said it, too. I knew that's exactly you what was going to happen. I haven't seen them yet. I haven't what? seen them yet. That was a good movie. I wanted to see Godzilla with Brian Cranston, and I heard it was pretty good. These, they were, those were both better reviewed than this movie, right? according to like yeah. Rotten Tomatoes, apparently. Um, they were both better reviewed, but... Don't drink the Kool-Aid, fellas. Yeah. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. Don't drink the Rotten Tomatoes Kool-Aid, guys. I've, we've come to learn over the last year or so that, honestly, Rotten Tomatoes is kind of rotten when it comes to ratings. I don't listen to them that much kind anymore. I like. I feel like every time, and like Walt said earlier, with these genre films, like you said with Brightburn, Rotten Tomatoes and all the reviewers, all the critics, they tend to like really like dump on these it, movies. Because they're not, they're not fans of the, of the franchise. Right. That's why. Exactly. So with genre movies, it's really, it's really one of these things where – you have to make your own damn mind. Yeah, you know? exactly. Plus, if you're a fan, who cares what a critic says, man? Like, this you're going to like it or not. This movie. You know? Yeah, exactly. This I mean, I, look, I'll say it this way. Like, let's jump right into kind of what the reactions are. And I feel like we got to start with our lovely friend over here, Mr. Metatron. You got. I would like you to give us our impressions first because I would imagine that no matter what anyone says in this room, you're going to have the most glowing review of this movie by far. I just want to say this, guys, before I let him speak. We were in the movie theater, and I definitely looked over a couple of times at, like, the cool moments right. to see Meta, like, sitting up in his reclining seat with a big smile on his face every time something cool happened in the movie. So it was pretty awesome to see. I was glad to see him happy with, well, was seemingly happy with the result of this movie. So, Meta, why don't you tell us a little bit of what you thought about Godzilla, King of the Monsters? There were so many callbacks <laughs> to the old movies. Okay. Mm -hmm. I forget. Who wrote it? It was one of those Twitter Twitter reviews where it was like he said it was a love letter to any Godzilla fan. Mm -hmm. This was a love letter and a marriage proposal. <laughs> <laughs> In terms of like, it really is a fan. You're on the road to really creating a Marvel Cinematic Universe. In right. Terms of this. They're monsterverse. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The way they set it up, the doors they left open. Mm -hmm. The way it's oh my god, <laughs> too much to say, right? You can't even it's say too, what you want to say about this. Yes, I, I can't say anything more because it's spoilers, and we're waiting on spoilers. We're not doing spoilers yet. Okay, so let me help you if I can try to break it down because I can sense the excitement in your brain is about to make it burst, and you can't figure out where to go with this conversation. <laughs> so let's start with I monster designs. Tell me what you thought about the monster designs. Are there any you didn't like? Are there any that you pretend? Anybody else jump in when he talks about a monster design? I want you guys. I want to hear what you guys think because I have my own opinions about the monster design. The one that changed the most and for the better uh -huh. was Mothra. Okay, why did you like Mothra's redesign? I like the redesign because first of all, it gives her more offensive attacks. Uh huh. That's like, true. In the movies, she only had her. Uh, Glitter dust reflection attack, <laughs> and the which is like she basically is like Sailor Moon at that point. Yeah, like, there were some iterations <laughs> where she had like a, a special type of ray, like a fairy ray or something like that, <laughs> and it did damage. It did damage, yeah. But like, but now you got and she's used this not in this way, but mm -hmm. she had like a, a tail print pincer. Yeah, 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 like a like a stabbing tail. Yeah, that that I won't spoil it, but mm -hmm. that was used very effectively. Mm -hmm. We she, didn't even think about that until it happened, kind of. That was yeah. a cool moment, but like, continue. And then she got like these praying mantis uh, 
appendages. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. also very good because they really, in the old, not, not to, Mothra really doesn't have that many offensive attacks. It was great to see that mm -hmm. she really lived up to the name they gave her, the Queen of the Monsters. Yeah, 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 because... And the other thing that was cool, I don't know if this is something that's happened much in previous um, media involving Godzilla and Mothra, but I did like how they kind of showed her in her like larval stage instead of just having her cocoon into the giant Mothra. I thought the design was awesome with how she kind of like lit up the sky. That was oh, yeah. super cool. I thought that was like a really cool element. I thought the effects for that were really awesome. Uh, I thought like it was cool how she like changed colors depending on her mood and her like demeanor towards the people that were around her. And I love the role that she played. That it ended up playing this movie because I was kind of wondering like, is this going to be another monster Godzilla's going to fight, or are they going to take it in a slightly different direction, as they have in previous movies from what you've told me. Um, yeah. But yeah, I thought the character design of Mothra was really cool too. Uh, what else did you think of some of the other character designs? Godzilla was like? the next most important. Okay. He got his spines. Thank uh -huh. God. The first one's spines, they were okay. I felt a little bit disappointed, but uh, Mike Doherty really came through mm -hmm. with Godzilla spines on this one. With that really designs. is an essential part of the character. He gave it a 1954 flair. Mm -hmm. that, that was pretty awesome. Those big imposing like stegosaur spines on his back that really yeah. stick out instead of, well, previous iterations where he looked like a damn T-Rex or and something like that. of course, <laughs> the next... Uh, otherwise, his height was awesome. Mm -hmm. He was really imposing. He was huge. The, the last most important part of his design mm -hmm. is atomic breath. Yeah. It wasn't just smoke and puffs like the first one. It looked like really dangerous in this yes. movie, which was cool. That was that was really amazing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I love how they retained the whole, it starts at the tail and it goes all the way up to his head. Yeah, like I used so. to remember. That's one of the definitely one of the details I remember from watching as a kid because we would really get ready to like <laughs> blast like that huge like death ray. Like you would just see it charge up his entire like posterior. Oh, well, like in some of them, it would do the charge up, but most of the time it would yeah. just glow a few times and then it go. Mm. But the sub, but the ones that I like the best were is like because that just feels more powerful. It's yeah. like from head to tail, he's just. Gaining this like atomic energy basically that's what powers him so much. Um, yeah, okay, so like I thought King Ghidorah was an awesome design. Um, I like kind of how he looked like a dragon, I thought that was kind of cool how the heads like were very dragon like in this one. Um, I know it was a little bit of a redesign, maybe not as like extreme as Mothra or anything like that. Um, slightly, the, the thing that's most interesting about this design is mm -hmm. that it gives him more mobility. In the old movies, he can never retract his wings and, like, walk on the ground with it. Nah, okay. That was a pretty good touch. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, he could definitely be more Because if he has more mobile. mobility, it makes him deadlier. I like Mike Ghidorah deadlier. Yeah, and some of the fights that he had with, like, some of the different characters because of that mobility were that much more exciting. Uh, like, sometimes other, other monsters had to get involved, and it made that much more interesting, too. Um, but those, I mean, the main, the main four from original Godzilla that we saw were in, like, were King, or excuse me, King Kong, Godzilla, King Ghidorah, Mothra, and Rodan are yes. the main four that we got to see in this one. What did you think of Rodan's character design? Rodan, I like that, because Rodan's origin 
is that he's hibernating in a mountain. Mm -hmm. I like how he, he took it a step further and made it a volcano and made it part of his design. Mm -hmm. Because I was, fire beast. I was a little sad that I didn't get the uranium EP, but that's okay because the way he used his body for some of his attacks certainly made up for it. Oh. Like when he was fighting Mothra, mm -hmm. the actual flames from his body was hurting her. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, he was, was just like a mag machine emanating heat, basically, which was pretty awesome. Um. Okay, so like characters, and what did you guys think of some of the character designs? Balrog, did you like how they looked? Did you like the special effects yeah. with them? Like, was there anyone that you really liked more than any of the other ones in terms of how cool they looked? Or... I know which one you're going to say. Oh, he's got a <laughs> smile on his face. So there's a yes answer. There's definitely an answer to this one. Which uh, one do you think? All right, start, starting with designs, because I want to answer your first question. Mm -hmm. I think the designs were amazing. The CGI was awesome. Mm -hmm. And um, all right, so. <laughs> yeah. The monsters, um, it was nice to see um all these monsters, especially random ones like this freaking mammoth. <laughs> um, yeah, man yeah, Manny the Mammoth from Ice Age is in it. <laughs> um yeah, so that that was going on. And one monster I really liked um was Rodan. Mm, Rodan was one of your favorites? Why is that? What did you think that was really I mean cool it's, about it's more of like a personality thing, why I like Rodan, ah, but um mm -hmm. I think this is something that I should just delve into later on. Okay. We got some, some spoilery yeah. territory. But I want to say this too: that King Ghidorah made a really great villain. Yeah. In this movie, Ghidorah was such a quality villain, and there were times when you know we thought of Godzilla has the upper hand; he already automatically won, and then automatically the tide turns, and you know, in some crazy way that we didn't see a couple of times, which right. we will talk about shortly. And according to Metatron, <laughs> it's a totally original way of how the yeah. tide turns. Compared to how time. the character used to operate, and so some of that characters, some of that monster's original powers, it's a totally different thing, which yeah. is pretty freaking awesome. No, but this movie was just <laughs> so dope. Like, at the end, I gave it a, a solid 17 out of 20 rings of power. So That's a pretty impressive rating if we're going to give it to one over there. Um, yeah, it was really, really fun to watch. Um, like I said, the character designs, I like them really a lot, too. Um, one of my one of my favorite things about it is just to talk about how you said that King Ghidorah was an awesome villain. Yeah. Some of the ways that they represented him visually in the movie, especially when he was like kind of in that storm without getting too spoilery, were so cool looking. Like I like the movie a lot too. I would give it a seven out of ten, uh maybe a seven and a half. I definitely want to see it again though. For me that's the only like real like uh, sort of sort of endorsement and, for a movie that I would and say. I, I must say, as know? a non-major Godzilla fan like Metatron, and I told him this earlier, I gotta say this is my favorite Godzilla movie yet. Especially awesome. since the last Godzilla movie five years ago, you said Godzilla was only in it for like what eight minutes or so. Mm -hmm. So you know that's not the kind of Godzilla movie I want to watch. You know because I want to see him, you know, doing a lot of fighting and a lot of badass stuff. You know, being the monster that he is. Wasn't um, Kong not in Skull Island for that that long either? Was that also no, kind of something? Kong Skull Island was awesome. I have to check. That I won't say I won't say it's awesome, but that was an awesome movie. Okay, okay. So like, yeah, but the way they represented King Zuguador visually is awesome for me. The special effects were were some like beyond awesome. Pretty much every time I saw that that I looked at the characters, I couldn't find like. That weird uncanny valley sometimes you see with like <laughs> yeah. bad CGI. Um, the way they moved was so cool. Like the way that they kind of like made them move animalistically, especially with some of the new monster designs that are, are totally brand new for this movie. Yeah. Um, they were pretty cool and, and how they represented them. The fights were awesome. 
Um, but yeah, like I said, I give it like something about a seven out of ten, a seven and a half out of ten. I want to see it in 3D and IMAX because we didn't oh, see yeah, it. I was just gonna say I want to see it in IMAX. Yeah, we didn't see it in 3D and IMAX yet, but like this is the movie. Like this is actually one of the best in terms of sheer popcorn entertainment blockbuster special effects movies. One of the best ones I've seen for that particular quality. Like if you want to watch a movie on a big ass screen with crazy stuff blowing up around you. This is the movie to go see, guys. I think you would really enjoy it. Um, what about what about you all? What did you think about the character designs, the special effects? What was your opinion about that in this movie? I thought it was pretty good. Um, special effects, usually when you have movies like this, sometimes special effects and CGI can take you out of the movie. <coughs> Justice um, League. Yeah. <coughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't get that sense. There was no point where I was looking at yeah. something and, and looking at it and saying, boy, that doesn't work. Or, boy, yeah. that doesn't fit. You know what I'm saying? Everything was perfect. I like how um, Mike Doherty, like you were saying before, he designed his his um, characters based on real-life animals. Mm -hmm. you, it really showed. It really showed. The movements were so cool. Yep. Yeah. And, um, you and know, even some of their battle tactics were very animalistic. Mm -hmm. And so, um, like for Rodan, you know, with the volcano, that was part of his skin. You know, he had it grafted on there, and especially toward the the back of his of, of his body, he saw tail. the moltenness of the volcano mm -hmm. still on there. Mm -hmm. So it was a part of his design, also. So I thought that was really cool. And again, going back to you, I really liked how they made King Ghidorah a literal force of nature. Yeah. You know, yeah. I thought that it's was a good way to put very, it. very interesting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So overall, made him a great villain, like like ASAP said. Basically, made him that much cooler as a villain. Yes. So um, on that point, I thought it, I, I thought it was pretty good. So I, I was I was fine with it. There was no point where I didn't like anything of, of the movie. So. All right. So the monster designs were cool. The special effects were cool. It was really well updated with how the monsters were very animalistic. Um, Let's talk about the humans for a second in this movie. Uh, what, did, what did you guys think of the characters, uh, the acting, and do you think that the the human characters? Because this is something that's kind of been a complaint. Okay, like this is said, not why we watch Godzilla. Movie. That's what I'm saying. I wanted, I, but I wanted, but I wanted to address it for this reason very important. because it's important, right? And they, Millie Bobby Brown was supposed to be kind of a stand-in for all of us with her awe at the entire thing. But like it's like you said, and like Walt said, there were only eight minutes of Godzilla in the other Godzilla movie. There was a lot more in this one, but the human characters were necessary to drive the plot. Here's a better way to put it, if I can, maybe Balrog. Did they did, were the humans effective in what they did in driving the plot forward to make the movie yes, more were. interesting and more fun? Are we yes. getting into spoiler territory no, now? No, not we're yet. not getting into spoiler okay. territory yet. All I'm saying is like just, you know, generally, just generally, generally what do you guys think? Uh, is there anybody that stood out to you as a fun character, an interesting character, a funny character, or like one that kind of really altered the story in ways that you thought were interesting? Uh, yeah, I forgot her name, but Madison's mom. Oh, yeah, the actress Vera, Vera Farmiga? Dr. Emma Russell. Dr. Yeah, Russell. Yeah. Without getting into spoilery territory oh, yet. I would say Tywin, but no, she had like a much more bigger role. He they did have something of a tie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah. he was still good as a background guy. No, he was, he was. But I, I feel like Madison's mom would have played a really big role in this movie. Yeah, yeah, and That's I like that actress too. Yeah. She's a good actress. And I, I will say that even though Tywin, Charles Dance didn't play a big role, I'm actually happy with that because they let the monsters kind of be the big antagonist and protagonist in the movie and the humans are there, 
but it kind of ties into the theme of the movie, right? It's about these monsters. They're the rulers of the world. We're just here basically playing the game with them and trying to survive. He's a pro-natural order guy. <laughs> he likes the natural order of things. Go terrorists. There you go. <laughs> was his name Jonah, Alan Jonah or something like that in the movie? Was uh, was Charles Dance's character? I agree. I like Vera Farmiga's character, but I... I do want to say that I mentioned, I was thinking about this in the movie and I mentioned it afterwards. There were definitely some Thanos moments I got from the way that her character was thinking. We'll get more into that a little bit later. Um, Meta, why don't you tell us a little bit, was there a good standout human character for you? Is there somebody that fell flat? Is there somebody that drove the plot in the way that you enjoyed? Or did you just not care and you just want to see more Godzilla and all this other good stuff? I like the way I don't remember the actress's name. I'm mm -hmm. so sorry, but... It can be hard sometimes. Uh, the lady who was attendant to Dr. Zarazawa. The actress's name is Sally Hawkins, and she was... No, 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 the other one, other one. Which one? The... Oh, the... Zhang Jin? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she's Dr. always Chen. been... Dr. Mm Chen. -hmm. She's a good actress. I like I'm, her a lot. I'm just going to leave this here for now. I like what Mike Doherty did. I like what Mike Doherty did. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she's that always been a good actress. Right? Yeah. Yeah, that was a big, that was a pretty nice Easter egg. Was there? You're gonna have to clue me into that as we get into spoiler territory. I also, later. <laughs> as always, I'm a fan of what Ken Watanabe has to bring to yes. to the movie. I love that man. He's very good. I love him in everything that he's been in, pretty much. Yeah, and then Millie Bobby Brown's character intrigued me too. Surprisingly. Yeah, I I. I Felt like it could have ended up being really flat and really one note. And like again, this is not an Oscar-worthy drama. We're not looking for that when we go to see this movie, right? Like you know, Battle Royale. We're not looking for that kind of thing. We're looking for something just to have fun with it. But she ended up being a little more interesting and complicated than I thought she would be. Well, in regards to Watanabe, wasn't he in the Last Samurai? Yes, he was. Yes, he was. He was, yes, he was. He was awesome. Raj Al Ghul in Batman. He Begins. was in Inception in Batman Begins. Yeah. Inception. He's been awesome in just about everything that I've seen him in in the past. Um, but yeah, Millie Bobby Brown like had good characterization as well. Walt, what about you? What do you think of the acting? Is there a character that stood out to you as one that was more fun, more interesting? Um, is there anybody, again, that you didn't like, that you were just like, get them the hell out of this movie and stop talking to me? I, I have one of those people that I'm going to mention, but I actually don't really like this actor. So we'll get to me in a second. What about you? I like Bradley Whitford's character. I agree. <laughs> I like Bradley Whitford in anything. I thought he was awesome. I loved his little cup, his coffee cup that he had. Uh, <laughs> he had the, the piece of paper cut out and it said no vodka in it. <laughs> you know, and, and toward the end he just didn't care. He was just drinking straight out of the flask. Yeah. So um, I didn't care too too much for Doctor Emma. Doctor Emma. Uh huh. Uh huh. I, I wasn't too crazy about it. I wasn't too crazy about the plot. I, I thought it was a little flimsy. I thought it was a little out there. What I will say to your point there is that even though I was somewhat interested in the character, I didn't find her to be a bad character. I feel like some of her motivations were flimsy and kind of flipped a little too quickly and a little too easily yeah, throughout, the, just, throughout the plot. It didn't, it, the plot didn't really work for me. Mm -hmm. um, but... Like Balrog said, we're not here for that. We're yeah. here for Godzilla. I wasn't there yeah. for that. I wasn't... Particularly for that, that, it was it was yeah. fine, you know. Um, Ken Watanabe again, you know, like like we said before, he was awesome. He had a very very emotional part mm -hmm. at the very end, um, and just me being a fan of him, there wasn't enough D David Strayhorn in it. 
Oh yeah, he's on um he's, he's on, on the, the Expanse too, which we've both seen, and I love yeah. his character on that. Um, mm -hmm. I like him as an actor. I really, really do. I wish there was more for him. He to was do just in that movie. he was just that military guy, right? That yeah, was he in was there in like, like, in like two scenes, three or three scenes maybe. Yeah, yeah if that. You know? Even though he like used that weapon that was used at one point in the movie, and right? He was the one who, the, who introduced it. Yeah, and you got the yeah right the um well we'll get into that later. And um the sprint guy is it is it him? Yeah, uh, Thomas Middleditch. Yeah. Thomas Middleditch. It's a little weird seeing him other than us being the sprint guy. And like, you know? what is he? He's on Silicon Valley. That's where he got all of his yes, fame. Yes, yes, yes. That's yeah. the guy that I could do without. I do not like Thomas Middleditch at all, dude. I cannot stand him he's in he's anything playing, that he's, he's in. Playing a role. He's just so, playing. You know? He plays him himself basically in every role, and it's like, how many times do we need to see you as a bumbling idiot? I thought he was the fire in guy. every role. Is he the fire guy? You said sprint. I thought it was. Yeah, Brian I don't. Fire. I don't remember. You know, he's like, one of those cell phone one of those dudes. Guys. I don't care. The sprint guy goes to cell phone to Verizon, then he jumps to T-Mobile, <laughs> and then then all of a sudden the PC guy is the Apple guy, and the Apple guy. Who knows? You know what I'm saying? See, but you know what it was with, with me, like Thomas Mill. Did you like? Okay, so. We had like a couple of comic relief characters in this movie, right? Because Thomas Middleditch was one of them, and Bradley Whitford was kind of the other one. Bradley Whitford's comic relief moments were awesome. Thomas Middleditch was just like, I'm going to complain and be scared of everything like I always am. It's just like, go away, man. Why are you popular? He was, he was <laughs> playing the lackey, the, the office lackey, pretty much. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> that wasn't too crazy about him. Um, surprisingly enough, Charles Dance's character was. I love him, but like he didn't really he wasn't do much. I feel like it would have been nicer if they involved him more in that plot, which we'll get into, into pushing the plot forward, even though he did Kyle to a Chandler certain extent. Um, Kyle Chandler, I liked him in this movie. Sometimes, though, he gets a bit much for me, too, if I'm going to be honest. Um, but he did but well in this movie. He was supposed to kind of be a little bit in that movie. Yeah, but Kyle you Chandler kind of always does. <laughs> um I did like Millie Bobby Brown's performance. Like you guys had said, that that was to me, it was a solid performance from her character. Um, one thing I will say related to some plot elements surrounding her and some other characters is where the hell is the security in this movie, man? <laughs> Nobody was guarding anything at any point. <laughs> People were just like, we got to go get this thing. Okay, let's just walk in and get it. Like that's pretty much what happened the whole movie. About half the time they were all dead. I know, but still, it's like you figure they would have one guy guarding basically the most important thing on Earth. Oh, that at that moment. That was the scene that I'm talking about. We'll get into that. That's the most important thing on Earth. If you consider how it relates to the plot, <laughs> it was just like we'll just leave it here. Come on, guys, let's go talk in the other room. Um, that is true. That is true. Other than that, but like like I said, that's not what I went to see it for. I, I looked over that. That's the only thing that, if anything, took me out of the movie very briefly. Um, but yeah, I thought the acting was solid. Um, I thought that O'Shea Jackson Jr., uh, Ice Cube's kid, played a fun part also. He wasn't in a lot, but he was effective in the scenes that he was in. He was entertaining. Uh, he did some good acting. And like he did have a little bit of, of, of stuff to do within the plot that was important. So that was cool, too. Um, but yes, I liked the acting. I think that was all good. I guess let's jump right into like a little bit of a brief talk about the plot. 
Uh, even though we did a little bit of that just on this last part, Walt, why don't you start us off since you were the one who kind of seemed to like the plot the least out of the four of us. Okay, so now we're definitely in spoiler territory. We don't have to be. Not we don't yet. have to exactly be. You can give us a brief description of it. It's kind of hard. Bro, if, if I hard, know. You know? I know it's practically impossible. We're going to do our best here not to spoil it for you guys. And just uh, give us a few more minutes and we'll get into the real stuff. Okay. There's people. And there's things happen. animals. <laughs> and there's destruction. There's the plot. <laughs> I mean, I can't say anything else, you know. You're, you're hamstringing me here. You know what I'm saying? Well, I'll put it. I'll, I'll see if I can put it as best as I can. Because, again, not something we went to see it for. Um I think that for the most part, here's how I'll put it without getting too spoilery. I think for the most part, like I said, except for maybe Vera Farmiger, doc, the doctor's character, where I saw her motivations kind of flip in some weird ways, um, to me at least, for why she did what she did throughout the plot, I think most of their character motivations were solid, and I think it's a good thing that you can build a good plot upon if you have characters who have real real motivation. Even if it's a movie like this where you're not, again, hunting for that real deep Oscar worthy like character exposition and like development. There was still a good amount of it in in what we saw, in all of the madness and the monsters. Like there was a little bit of character development for the Kyle Chandler, the Millie Bobby Brown characters. Even Charles Dance had like a slight amount of character development. Like, like I said, we're not talking like the best thing you'll ever see here, but I enjoyed the plot. Again, like overall I did think I like I did think I was gonna enjoy this movie. But I thought I was only going to enjoy the monsters. I was going to be like, I don't care about Lily Bolly Brown. I don't care about any of these people. I don't care about any of you. Just go away. And I did find myself caring a little bit about the characters, enough to make them effective. So for me, that's why the plot was solid. I like the plot. It's not the best part of the movie. Certainly, it's about like stuff getting blown up and like Easter eggs, especially for Meta. Oh, God. I'm going to get to that. Already. <laughs> so many. So many. But like, I guess Meta, like, Jump in again without too many spoilers. Just give us a brief description of what you thought of, of the plot. If there's anything that was that you didn't like or anything that you did like, like I said, right. as general as you can. We're gonna get into spoiler territory soon because I can see some heads are about to explode here. Um, I thought that <laughs> the way this unraveled was a little bit weird, mm -hmm. but it wasn't weird enough to turn me off. Okay, like. Mm -hmm. There's certainly been wackier plots in the Godzilla movies. Oh. Trust me when I say I would say imagine. That. What did you say something about like monkey people turning into monkeys or something like that? Yeah, and roaches too. <laughs> That's Idiots. one that I haven't Idiots. seen. Have you seen that one? I don't need to. I haven't seen that one. <laughs> we're, talking about the, that we're talking one. about the Japanese movies. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. Remember, but this even is good then, around they forever. Were, yeah, exactly. But even then. Otherwise, I. I still enjoyed the plot. Again, I wasn't there for that precisely, mm -hmm. but it worked with what was going on, in my opinion. Yeah, when they're having to juggle as many characters yeah. and like good actors as they did and all giving them a little bit of screen time, I think it was relatively effective. Balrog, I almost want to say, like, there's really no need for you to summarize it because you already did. What did you say? That's not what I went to see this movie for. But like, I'm ready to get into top. Can I just man. say, let's put it this way. How many, if you were to give the plot a ring of power rating out of your 20 rings of power, what would you give the plot in terms of like a rating? Separate from your 17 to 20 for the movie overall. I know like we're getting, we're getting like way the, too complicated here. Like the human plot or the monster <laughs> plot? The pl just the plot in general. Just the overall plot. The I don't want to get plot. too complicated. The human plot? It doesn't have to be the human plot. That's a plot. <laughs> just talking about the plot. Exactly. That's, that's what I'm saying. Drake! You know? Drake! What? 
Um, just just Why a general plot, idea of what you plot think. Plot-wise, that, that would have to be like... A, <laughs> I, would, I would say like an 11 and a half out of 20 rings of power. See, that, but that's acceptable. That's not that's like terrible. Half a ring. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a little steam coming out of your ears trying to come up with a decision for that one. All right, so that's the plot. Um, there's one more thing I would like to discuss very quickly, and I think it's important to Godzilla, so we'll talk about that now. So there's one one last aspect of the movie that I think might be fun to discuss, especially because I think that something it's something that's always been important to the character of Godzilla and to all the other monsters, and that's the sound. Um, I want to ask you first, Meta. Uh, I mean, you started off the podcast with one of your favorite sounds. Oh, God. Um, what sound was that again? <laughs> The classic Godzilla. I, I don't remember it. Can oh, yeah. Do How does it I'm go? I'm not doing it again. One more time. <laughs> Two more. No. Come on. Should I? Should I? Should Please I? Go it. for it. <laughs> <laughs> Godzilla Roar. I mean, I thought it sounded awesome. I thought it sounded so much closer to and the original. And it was the classic Godzilla Roar. Yeah. Compared to like some of the other movies in recent memory where they tried to make him sound like a freaking T-Rex or whatever else. Uh, uh, like the like the one with Zilla. freaking Matthew Broderick. Zilla. Uh the sound, the, so the sounds, I like them, but like, okay, beyond Godzilla, what did you think of the sound design for the other monsters? Because I think it was really important to have them sound animalistic, have these imposing sounds to them. The only one that I found most reminiscent of their original sounds mm -hmm. was Mothra. Yeah, I felt that way too, because it's like that kind of like chirping yeah. kind of sound is very similar to what I remember as a kid. Ghidorah's... Was a little a little odd. I think it might have been my placement in movie theater. You know what? You know what I just read. What I just read. He, there was a voice actor doing King Ghidorah. That was not just animal sound effects. Apparently, there's somebody named Jason Lyles who did King Ghidorah. I'm uh, not kidding. That's interesting. Take a look. That guy. That, that dude right there. See how? See who he's credited as being? Hmm. <laughs> yeah, but remember in the movie the credit. <laughs> King Ghidorah was himself. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That was a kind of cool. King Ghidorah was himself. Godzilla himself, Mothra himself. Exactly. All of them had that in the end credits. That was actually a cool little, slightly spoiler Easter egg. In the credits, all the monsters are played by themselves. Well, I gotta say this before I forget. <laughs> King Ghidorah's look like, as in like, if you go individually at the heads, mm -hmm. it looked very smogish. Yeah, yeah, that's why like, I, I was it had like thinking, a dragon thing going on. I was thinking on. of smog when I saw the like, the face Look, three faces. And it was it was like the an expressive voice. animal. It was an expressive yeah. animal. You know, it wasn't just like, and you saw that with Godzilla too. Like he had some expression. He looked like he was, like there were things that he noticed. There were things that you could tell when he was displeased and angry. Yeah. Like you could see the monster's emotion, which I thought was pretty cool. Uh, I thought the sound design was definitely awesome because I thought all the sound effects from the explosions, um, the sound get, was people getting bashed into stuff, the roars, all that was really, really, really freaking awesome. And I have to agree also, like, Mothra actually was one of the more fun sound designs for me, too, in terms of, like, how all the characters uh, sounded in this movie. Walt, do you want to add anything to it, or are we just going to blow right into the spoiler territory right now? I'm going to say one thing. I love the soundtrack. The soundtrack? I love the fact that they, they blended in the old, ah, original... Yes. Theme songs for some of the songs. first one was lacking. I'm mm -hmm. saying. Uh, I thought that was, was great. Okay. There, was, there was a couple of times that I got goosebumps just listening to the <laughs> iconic Godzilla theme song come up, right? 
and it was it happened in Boston, right? Was it? Yeah, that was the final. That was the final. That's Fenway Park in Boston and all that good stuff. All right, so as Yankee fans, I'm not going to say anything about Boston. <laughs> Fenway Park getting destroyed. You guys suck. <laughs> Beat you yesterday. I don't know what the score is right now, but um, okay. So I'm fully opening it up now, people. We are in spoiler territory. So anybody speak. Who wants to start? So I'm going to talk about some Easter eggs. Ooh. My Why drags. You... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Go, 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 Godzilla. So, that is kind of an Easter egg. Or yeah. Thing yeah. Too, I guess. They played the Godzilla song at the end. Well, we already well, the Mothra stuff, too. Um, well, yeah, they've probably done that in I, recent movies. So, so tell us. The really awesome Mothra Easter egg mm-hmm. was that Xiang. Zhengji? Zhengji's. Z. Well, it's it's Zhi Zhang, but that's only because, well, if you Americanize it, it's Zhang Zhi. If you say it in the original, I see it's Japanese or Chinese, I can't recall. Uh, But if you say it in the original, it's Zhi Zhang. It's weird. You have to reverse the name depending on that. Yes. Her character. That girl. (laughs) Dr. Chen. Dr. Chen. Let's go that way. Why am I getting so technical? Tell us more about what you thought about Dr. Dr. Chen's character. Dr. Chen's character ended (laughs) up being not precisely who they are in the original movies, Mm -hmm. but she ended up and her twin sister, the Mm -hmm. implication there was that they were the fairy twins that are normally associated with Mothra. Ah. Also that soundtrack, the way they revamped that. (laughs) (laughs) So that was a cool little Easter egg. and, and, And Mothra, like I said, the character design was really cool. I really liked... Like you said, the way that the conflicts that Mothra jumped in on ended up. Oh, the conflicts. We have a lot to talk about. But, like, the big one with Mothra, like, we're going to jump around a little bit, but the big one with Mothra was her fight with Rodan. Um, Getting into spoilery territory, like I said, spoilers, 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 spoilers. If you haven't turned this off yet and you don't want to hear spoilers, well, then you're kind of an idiot. Um, (laughs) No, but seriously. <laughs> I was gonna apologize. I was gonna apologize. It's a joke, okay? You're not an idiot, man. Just turn this off and the come back later. That's, right that's why I said, man, like <laughs> or, or woman, Tom, because yes. that's probably your name. Whoever it is that's or listening, James. if you haven't seen Godzilla, turn this off right now. But okay, so the conflict between. Uh, Mothra and Rodan was actually really, really cool. Like, like you said in earlier, Mothra was cool in the originals, but not as like physically able to 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 get into combat like she was in this movie as the queen of the monsters. And I thought Which, that conflict meta, was really cool. You said that's an original concept, right? Yeah, um, Mothra being the queen of the monsters, and Mothra and Godzilla getting along so well. Yeah, it's also <laughs> it's like what Ice Cube Jr. That's said true. in the movie. Like, oh, so Godzilla and Mothra did they, they like. They got a thing going? That's a thing. thing. (laughs) What thing is that? But something I enjoyed nonetheless. Yeah, it was a good way to, to, like, that's not what I expected. Like I said, I thought Mothra was just going to be another monster for for Godzilla to fight. Um, And I guess, look, let's break it down a little bit as opposed to what the plot ends up being. So we have a little bit of a basis to jump off of. What ends up happening basically is uh, King Ghidorah gets awakened again, and we find out King Ghidorah is kind of like an alpha monster opposite Godzilla, who came from outer freaking space, which, well, that's not really new, right? I mean, it's yeah, kind of new. Yeah, it's always been... There's but, only one iteration where he's been born on Yeah, yeah. So he's this monster, basically, that he's like the opposite alpha as uh, in terms of Godzilla. And right Godzilla, on. this is where the, the plot is a little weird, but I still enjoy it, because Godzilla 
and the other Titans are apparently Earth's defense system in order to balance and help the environment like thrive. It was a little weird, but I kind of liked it. I think it was, I think if anything, yeah, that that was one thing. It was a little heavy handed, like kind of a climate change allegory that they kind of squeezed in there, which is okay. I mean, well, but, but that's what Godzilla's been. Yeah, it's on. always been. Like that. And like the, but also like the it had a lot to do Godzilla, with nuclear energy too, right? There like was the even, dangers of nuclear energy well, and stuff the like that. Original Godzilla was really uh, a, an offshoot of what happened with Hiroshima yeah. and Nagasaki. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know that that's where the Godzilla theme came from. Mm-hmm. It was it was kind of um, I, I don't know how you want to say it was Japanese way of of coping with what happened with those two cities and. You know the disasters oh. that happen with it. You know what I'm saying. And so, it was almost a way to take the power of nuclear energy back in a metaphorical sense, right? Because you have this giant monster that's powered by nuclear energy. It's the most popular thing in Japan, and it's sweeping the world with popularity. It's kind of you, you know look at, you look at comforting some of the thing. other you look at some of the other iconic monsters in the Godzilla series. You look at um, the smog monster, right? Mm-hmm. That yeah. was at the height of pollution in the world. You know, so a lot of these Godzilla movies, they they grab onto the themes of, of present time, you know, and it's an allegory for all the evils against it, you know what I'm saying? So, in this case, it's climate change. I want to say one thing though, like, it's, about, a, it's like King Orm yeah. wanting to wage war in the surface world. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's kind of like that. Yeah. But I, was, I want to say something to a point that you made, because I was kind of confused about this at first, because we have, these were the, these were the motivations that I didn't understand. Maybe, like, if you dig a little deeper into what it is that she was trying to do, Vera Farmiga's character, uh, Doc Dr. Emma Russell. Emma Russell, whatever her name was. Madison's mom. See, I didn't understand this at first. It seems like uh, when you when we saw the end of the movie, the monsters don't. It's weird. They like just go around like what planting trees. Like what the hell do they do? Because they is, don't really destroy. Uh, I mean, okay. if they destroy so, like parts of the unnatural world, maybe and like nature springs up behind it. But that's not all they the did. It seems like. The last of, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The implication there was that. Because you know how after a volcano erupts, obviously you have all that dry land. Mm-hmm. Oh, eventually, but a lot of stuff grows back. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The same thing. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, they were kind of leaning on that with the pollution aspect as well, mm-hmm. because pollution is supposed, you know, deep stain. Ah, it's never getting better again. It won't be fertile. Mm-hmm. They suck it up like a sponge. The pollution, right? That's what I'm saying. Like they don't so much destroy. And like, cause, cause when when we were watching, when I was watching the movie early on, I was like, what does she want? Does she want? That's why I got like the Thanos vibe. I was like, does she want like half the world to get destroyed so there's no more overpopulation? And that's yeah, her plan. That's, that's part of it. That's part of it. That was yeah, part of it. Exactly. See that? But that's why I didn't understand her character that's so much. I'm like, is that what character. you want? She was pretty much an eco terrorist yeah. herself. Yeah, she definitely she was, was an eco terrorist. Yeah, she was bigger than Charles Dance. She wasn't. Character. She wasn't kidnapped by Tywin. She aligned with Tyrone. Yeah, because he said it. He said it himself. And that was Charles Dance's character said, like, this was your idea. Yeah, and that was another thing that yeah. I didn't like because, you know, the way they made it seem like at the very beginning was that they were playing along with this, oh, I'm kidnapping you type yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. And, and they both kind of went along with it. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And there was no point where Madison's character was like, oh, we've got to get away. These guys are bad guys and stuff. They went along with it. So it, there, was, there was the implication that they were in on it from the beginning. Mm-hmm. No, know? hold up. I think Madison was trying to resist that time. She was like, Mom, don't do this. Like, at what point? This is not going to bring Andrew back. But that was at the point where she realized how bad crazy her mom was. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that the consequences that, were further than she right, expected. Exactly. Before that, she was kind of down with the whole thing. And 
they never made it seem like they were in any mortal danger yeah. or that they were in trouble from Charles Dance's character mm -hmm. or they were trying to actively get away. So us as the audience, we're looking at it and we're like, well, they just got kidnapped, but they're cool with it. You <laughs> yeah. know, I, to me, I mean, those were some of the plot things me, that I didn't like. I figured know? that they were just trying to, I guess, play it calm. Like, okay, Boy, they either, your really father, calm. <laughs> either your father is coming for us or Monarch is going to send like a hell of an army to get us. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. at, that's what I was thinking at first. I did not see that twist coming. Yeah. But when I saw it, because at the point of the movie, okay, so they get kidnapped from the base uh, in the from Mothra's base, right? Mm -hmm. Was that uh, Mara something Mara Island or something like yeah, that? I think they it was. kill everybody. No, Mara, that's Mexico. That's the one with Rogan. Yes, yeah, so uh, okay. that was that one. Okay, that okay, yeah. okay cool. they kill everybody. In yeah, the base. they kill like her friends. Like except she just ghost. sacrifices pretty much everybody. Right. Like for what she believes is the greater good, but. Even when, like, when you watch the end of the movie, that's why I don't understand what the implication is because you don't see news reports saying, you know, three billion people have died. Once, like, you know, that's once true. the conflict is resolved, that part of the plan never really comes to fruition. It just seems like I said, the monsters are sucking up pollution, like you said, or like, what was it? They said that monster, like, like fecal matter was like a new energy source. <laughs> That was one thing that you saw. You have to be watching the end credits. There were newspaper yeah. clippings. And that's one of the things that they said, like, oh, monster fecal matter can be, like, a super awesome new renewable. Well, they are it seemed like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But well, some of them, powered, right? some yeah. of them are, right? But, like, that's what I didn't understand because the whole movie, the implication was the plan is, like, half of the damn planet or something is going to get wiped out, which is why I got Thanos vibes. But then none of that ever happened when they when they resolved the conflict well, I mean, and defeated really King Ghidorah. Yeah, they, <laughs> I don't. She yeah, just didn't I, I understand what was that. going on. I don't think she didn't know what was actually going to happen if she unleashed these monsters on the world. I think and she was okay with them destroying half the world. And I guess yeah. after they did, and she was like, "Well, she couldn't really give an opinion at that point." But um, well, what are, what are Easter yeah. eggs did we, we see in that? <laughs> yeah, let's tell, we, we were, tell we were us some more. So back <clears throat> to the Easter eggs. All right, you're gonna so, lead us through this, sir. The continued trope of Mothra sacrificing herself. <laughs> That's still a thing. That was a cool way to happen, for it to happen, though. Another thing. That is a callback so, some of the older movies, right? Basically all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, Mothra even has her own movies, and she ends up dying in them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, that's, God, that's horrible. Sean Bean vibes. <laughs> no, Kenny. I'm telling you, it's Kenny. Sean Bean dies in everything too. Oh, man. There's a YouTube man. video. You gotta watch it. It's like every death of Sean Bean in the movies. It's like 40 movies and TV shows. I'm oh. not even joking. Right, we'll put, get, that, on we'll we'll put that on later. Put that on later. Let's get, get on point. <laughs> so, even Mothra's because Mothra's death mm -hmm. is actually somewhat of a callback to GMK a little bit. Got yeah. giant monsters all out attack. Mm -hmm. When she goes to charge at Ghidorah, mm -hmm. and Ghidorah just like full-on blasts her at point blank. It disintegrates her ass, basically. Yeah, that also happens in GMK, but Godzilla did it. Oh, Godzilla did it in that one instead of this there one? There were a lot of role reversals in this movie. So that's why it was like huge fan service and a lot of Easter eggs. It was just like you got to see certain conflicts play out in a different way. Yeah. <laughs> so, and the last thing regarding Mothra, she actually pulled 
the, her death scene where she sort of crawls up onto Godzilla to protect him. Uh-huh. And even when she died, she basically gave him a portion of her power. Yeah, kind of like fell out of the sky onto yeah. him, the radioactive energy. Rodan. A of a second wind. Rodan does that to Godzilla uh-huh. in Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla 2. When uh-huh. Mechagodzilla blasts him out of the sky and he realizes that baby Godzilla isn't his brother because it's a Godzilla sword. It's not a turn it up. But he still figures still it's like. He still figures it's like his brother, so he's like, okay, I clearly don't like you, but you're going to be the only one who's going to protect him. I'm going to give you the last of my energy with my dying breath. Go kill this guy. Mm-hmm. Is that the movie where the the egg was in Rodan's nest? Yes. Okay, now I remember that one. Okay. Another Easter egg, yep. in a sense, yeah. literally. Except Mothra was the one that did it this time. Yeah, exactly. That was totally different. But I, like I said, I like that aspect of the movie. I like how Mothra became kind of a sympathetic monster so to speak and was just like the wing like i said the wings everything about like how martha looked in this movie was really really cool i mean one of my one of my favorite parts actually was i can't recall what exactly what point in the movie that it was but when the human characters were kind of sitting around and saw that brilliant light in the sky and realized martha was coming that was really cool um what other easter eggs did you spot beyond that sarazawa's Sarazawa does die this movie, mm-hmm. guys. In a cool but way. A very cool interesting sacrifice. interesting thing about that. Yeah? In the original 1954 movie, mm-hmm. the very first Godzilla movie, Sarazawa is the one to journey underwater, mm-hmm. to deliver the oxygen destroyer, and we're on that one in a little bit, mm-hmm. to Godzilla to kill him. Mm-hmm. But Which in this movie... almost worked, but didn't in this movie. In this movie... He goes underwater, but instead of trying to kill Godzilla, goes to save Godzilla mm-hmm. by detonating a nuclear bomb at point blank, much like what he did with the oxygen destroyer. Mm-hmm. To try to kill him in the original. So again, you have a nice little role reversal there, which was really interesting. I thought that was a really good scene from Ken Watanabe, too. Like That was one of the scenes in the movie that really like pulled out a lot out of the actor and got yeah. him to do some really, really good stuff beyond just like here's the basic human that's kind of like just a chess piece and does nothing in this movie and and that was to me you know what i also that was to me one of the points where you could see just how good the special effects were because i hate to bring this up but in game of thrones for instance when you see them petting the dragons or something like that that's where you kind of see those like textural or like kind of sheer sheen differences where you're like this is somebody touching a cgi character i didn't get that sense in this movie, like when Millie Bobby Brown did it, I think with Mothra earlier in the movie, and when Sirizawa did it with Godzilla at at that point when he sacrificed himself, which was also an awesome scene, you didn't really notice any special effects stuff to kind of take you out of the movie. So I thought that was really cool too, and it was really cool how they decided to have him be the one to be the sacrificial character. He was kind of like the one that was like. You know, I believe in Godzilla, which was a cool theme throughout the movie. He was the one who was always like, hey, like, this guy can be on our side. And something that Kyle Chandler's character said also, like, let's not threaten him. And he can be, like, somebody that can be on the side of humanity, that can help humanity, even with that cool line where it's like, so you want to make Godzilla our pet? And Ken Watanabe is like, no, we will be his um that was all like cool for me like he was one of the better parts of the movie for that kind of reasoning for the way that his arc went in the beginning to the end where he makes the ultimate sacrifice because of the way that he understood godzilla as a character um 
I kind of want to talk about one of the fun things that you had mentioned earlier was not a thing that has been done before in Godzilla, and that's King Ghidorah's ability to regenerate. Oh, my God. Which ties into a big part of the story that we'll get into. But so that was so awesome because, like, I think all of us, when we saw that, we have – so this is a big scene. It was one of the first fights between Godzilla and King Ghidorah. In fact, it might have been the – it was the very second one, right? One of the first ones, okay? So it was the second time that they, that they got into a conflict. I think that was an underwater fight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, like, it's the really oxygen, cool. The oxygen destroyer just came down on them. Uh, it was getting good. We're going to get to all that. Don't worry about it. Like, we're jumping around a little bit here, but I understand. Um, but, like, yeah, that was cool because you see Godzilla freaking chomp down on, like, I think the leftmost head it was. Of the three one of King them. Ghidorah heads? Yeah, this head. I think it was the left one, right? And then he just... Because that, that was the one that grew back when you saw him, like, on top of the mountain. He was like, yeah. I didn't do shit. <laughs> like, Godzilla bites off the head, basically spits it out, and just, like, we're like, okay, so King Ghidorah is clearly, like, a little crippled here for the next fight. No, 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 no. He goes back to his lair. He sits on his damn mountain, and the head just freaking grows back. A sexual re- no. Yeah, he's like he's like a, a, a snake or a he's worm. A hydra, dude. He's like he's like a, he's like oh, like a water bear. A he's like an animal that just can regenerate himself, which was a cool new detail that's never been done before. Yes, yeah. like normally, whenever in a Godzilla movie, whenever you see one of those heads go, it's okay. It's it's coming close to that. Yeah, like you know that that King Ghidorah is going to be in trouble. But I feel that was almost like a subversion thing. It's like Godzilla fans are like, oh man, King Ghidorah's going down. And they're like. What the hell just happened? <laughs> I think that was one of the moments when I looked up in my chair and I was like, what is Meta doing at this moment? Oh, he's smiling like a geek. All right. <laughs> but I get it. I get it. Um, but yeah, that was another like really cool part in terms of like details of King Ghidorah. Um, tell us some more. What other wonderful Easter eggs did you find in this movie that we can spoil for our The last audience? one I'm actually going to save for bridging into other movies. Mm-hmm. And okay. that was the oxygen destroyer. Okay. I'm just leave that there. Okay. So now we're just gonna get into the future of the monsterverse, the beautiful Reiwa era that we are witnessing before us today. <laughs> so the oxygen destroyer, that was a surprise for me to see in this movie to begin with. Because that is the very that is the only weapon that humans have made, aside from maybe one other choice, one or two other choice weapons that haven't really gotten the job done but came close, that have killed Godzilla. Mm-hmm. In the past. Yes. But definitely not. Well, I guess in this movie the setup is that they were fighting. It was, it was a fight between Godzilla and King Ghidorah. And David Strathairn's character launched this new weapon. They called it a new weapon that they had just developed in the movie. They launched it, and they were just like, you know what? We're just going to end this. We're going to kill them all. And they launched that destroyer. Sort of, It was sort of like a nuclear size explosion-type weapon. Oh, yeah. um, and that's to the point of the movie where we think Godzilla is dead. And we find out that King Ghidorah is just, like, brushing shit off his shoulder and, like, nothing can hurt him, apparently, at that well, point. Well, it makes sense, too, because for him to be able to travel through space, that was that was one of the big uh, moments that told you, hey, this guy's from space. Because Did you, did you to, like, kind of immediately notice it at that point, that they yeah. were sticking with that, like, with that character arc? Because I don't yeah. think they had mentioned it at that point they in the movie did. yet. Okay, cool. So you were yeah. immediately lighting up, like, he's a space alien. Yeah. Yes! All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because 
going to survive the vacuum of space. Oxygen shouldn't be a thing. Clearly, it's not an issue for, for King King Giddy. <laughs> yeah, Monster Zero. Mm -hmm. So, when I talk about the future of that, mm -hmm. here's what I'm here's what I'm talking about. The oxygen destroyer is actually one of the origins for a monster that is by far even more sadistic than King Ghidorah himself. God, this I think the the deployment of this what I like to call the half-assed version of the oxygen destroyer because if it was the real deal, it would have killed Godzilla. Even if it weren't for that underground water vents that they've been, the hollow earth theory that mm -hmm. they have in the movie, mm -hmm. that, that would have killed him. Yeah, and just to briefly touch upon that, Bradley Whitford character is suspicious for the entire movie. Like, how does Godzilla get around so fast? Mm -hmm. And his theory is that, yeah, there are underground subterranean tunnels that he can just cut through the planet, basically, to get to the other side. Which turns out to be true by the end of the movie. Originates in Kong Skull Island. Mm -hmm. Which there were definitely some references to that closer to the end of the movie, also. And that no, kind of sets them off first, too. Yeah. But at the end, they do mention, uh, there's definitely a reference, but at the, end, the end, they, 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 they start they leaning on and they start talking about, though yeah. they say that a lot of the monsters end up gravitating towards Skull Island at the end of the movie, they mention that. It's the new monster island. That's yeah. the other thing. Mm -hmm. that's, I can't believe I forgot that. <laughs> Skull Island is now Monster Island. We're all. All the monsters have taken up residence. Mm -hmm. So back to what I was saying about the Oxygen Destroyer. I think due to the half-assed nature of it, I think it in some part is the real deal. But because it's not, mm -hmm. it also gives a potential window to enter the monster known as Destroyer. Okay. And what basically happens with uh, Destroyer is that when the Oxygen Destroyer is first launched in 1954, that no-oxygen environment is base basically allows a replication of the zero-oxygen environment in the Precambrian period mm -hmm. of Earth. Mm -hmm. like an, that's an actual thing from history. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And basically, well done, because of that zero-oxygen environment being recreated, it also allowed... Precambrian beings, also irradiated by the radiation left over by Godzilla, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to thrive, and it would eventually mutate in such a insidious way that it would come to be the monster destroyer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He's like he's almost like a, a monster straight out of the primordial soup. If yeah. you really give it like a good thought, when you're mentioning Cambrian area, when the Cambrian era when the atmosphere was totally different and not really heavy on oxygen. It was more nitrogen-based back then, if, if I remember the science. Um, but anyways, anyways, I'm sorry. Continue a little bit more yeah. with your future of the MonsterVerse details, because I definitely have some stuff to add to that, too. So, the deployment of the half-ass oxygen destroyer certainly leaves that window open. <laughs> Is that what we're going to call it? The I'm half calling it that. I'm it's sorry. It's going to be the HA destroyer, the half-ass destroyer. The, I mean, I like, I like how uh, my Doherty used it, but it was the real deal, it would have done the damage. Maybe it was the, this is just the first generation, too. Right. Be that we're yeah. going to see something more akin to the real one so that you've seen before, too. Yeah, I was wondering what that was for a yeah, second. I was, that like, was, was that like monster parts? And I was like, oh no, that must be something else. Entirely. Those were whales and porpoises If it was the original, made them <laughs> skeletons. Yeah. That's how bad the oxygen deprivation was. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's part of what is making me lean towards it being the half-assed part. But even the fact that it was used 
possibly you can possibly make the case that it, it's still enough for a zero oxygen environment, mm -hmm. which could possibly facilitate facilitate the birth of destroyer. Which that's I mean that's that almost feels like if that's how the character originates in in the original Godzilla lore, it's like how the hell would you would you skip that being the origin for the character? He even in the mentioned story? wanting to bring him into the universe, so this makes me. So wait, why didn't he though? Is that is that a character? Because you mentioned there's a character that they have to license. Is that he's not, yes? So that's one of is the that going is that going way too far afield right now, or is so, like I'm just because I'm curious about that. I had no idea that there was one was, outside. The way I'm thinking about it, because me and Aaron were really expecting this. I'm uh, me and ASAP were really looking forward to seeing one monster during this movie, and mm -hmm. that was Godzilla's longtime amigo, Angiris. Oh, man. Oh, and that was okay. the... It would have been best embodied by the kaiju that was basically a mountain and it wasn't, because it actually was the mountain. Mm -hmm. was Apparently, that mountain meta, I found out, it was the mammoth. Oh, oh it's, it and it's, mammoth? And it's called the behemoth. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's the new monster titles. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So he was like, that's a character you expect to show up. So why why couldn't he in this movie? Yeah, you said there was some licensing thing behind it. What is, what is this? Like some Toho Marvel? is still testing the grounds with this as far as I know. Okay. So they would have only leased these four characters. For them to go on. Oh, I understand. Yeah. It's a, it's I didn't a, it's realize that that was the thing. case. They're, they're, so what, the company, what is it, Universal that's behind these movies? Legendary and Warner, Legendary, Warner Brothers. Yes, I'm sorry. Legendary and Warner Brothers is, is, is licensing the original Japanese characters from mm. Toho. And that's how yeah. we got this movie. Okay. So but Toho, isn't Gears one of the original kaiju monsters? Yeah. I believe it was like the second one, right? That's why he wasn't in it. Because they probably didn't license Gears mm. to them. So they're they're waiting to spend I just all find that, that ironic money. because like, I would like want to see the originals, like the OGs, the OG kaiju in this new movie. It really so. feels like they're going a little bit of a different direction, obviously, because you have characters like Mothra, like you know, who completely have their roles changed. And King Ghidorah was was never he was always a rival, but there was never this alpha thing going on necessarily between him and Godzilla in yeah, the past. That's also that? that's I also like new. That. I like that a lot. That's what I'm saying. Like those aspects of the movie were, were the ones that I like. And the, I mean, the characters, like I said, that they chose were definitely, even though they weren't the most original ones, like again, you got our Rodan fan over here, basically. And Rodan was really cool. Um, oh, you know what? Like, it's, it's kind of a base, but talking about like how they, how they fought as, as the creatures is something that I want to touch base. One of my favorite parts was I think it's King Ghidorah kept like doing that loop de loop. To destroy oh all the gosh, planes around talk, him. I wanted to talk about Wasn't that, that awesome? That was, that was amazing. I, that was, was, was Rodan. Yeah, that's right. That was Rodan. I, that was Rodan. Okay, I'm confusing myself. Yeah, because, that, the, Rodan. Oh, they, because that, that mothership, they had the Air Force squadron escorting them. The yeah, yeah, right. The that was they, dope. They had the Air Force squadron escorting them. And then um, Colonel Foster, I believe that was her name, she told that it was Air Force squadron to um, go um, take care of Rodan, right? Yeah. But then, like, like you said, Rodan, he, 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 did this, he did this 360 swooping attack. And then um, yeah. this was so unfortunate. One of the pilots he ejected from the <laughs> from the cockpit <laughs> right into Rodan's mouth. <laughs> Yo, that was crazy. It's like bail out, bail out. Ah! Yeah, that's right there. And then it snapped right to um um the screen of uh, Argo screen, diseased. Yeah, like that hey, was a very alien like moment. Yeah. Like, Yo, 
that was like that's what I, that's one of the things that I really like because when I go back to it, it's like the tactics that the monsters use in battle. Where, like you know, it's not that the original Godzilla only relied on like death rays and like dudes bashing each other in nah. suits, but like yeah, the way that they did it in this movie where they like okay again like well let's go back to Mothra for a second. Let's put Mothra and Rodan in the ring together and that awesome fight that they had. Nobody, we didn't expect Mothra to defeat Rodan, even though Rodan survived the way that he did. If you guys remember, it was really awesome. He had him kind of like, like Rodan had Mothra pinned. He was trying to bite his head off. Right. And then Mothra comes with like a, like a tail, like, like spike right. to just go right through Rodan's chest. Like, again, like another, like cool feature they added to the monster to give him a more animal, animalistic fighting style which to me was one of the most awesome things about this movie without turning him into, without turning them into, like I said, like T-Rexes and stuff like that, like they did with the old Godzilla movies. They gave them their own unique animalistic attacks that were new while staying true to the attacks that we all love from the characters originally, like, you know, their death rays and all this other stuff. And I got to say, yeah. Rodan, there's a reason why I really like Rodan, especially in the end, uh -huh. because this has to do with a Game of Thrones reverberation. <laughs> Rodan is very uh, Lord Baelish. -ish. Sean, Sean. You know, uh, serving whoever's the alpha and whatnot. <laughs> you know, playing both sides, you know what I'm saying? That's true. To really cause... become the alpha. <laughs> so describing the scene that you're talking about at the end of the movie when Godzilla finally oh, uses... Well, you know what? I'm sorry, let's stop it because I think you should describe to us the awesomeness of how Godzilla wins this whole thing. Well, even before, before that, we get to it. Okay. What initially happens when it looks like Godzilla is down for the count when the oxygen destroyer is burnt out, King Ghidorah assumes his throne, which was Rodan's resting place. Mm -hmm. And then Rodan walks up to him and he's like, hey, so we fought before. You just kind of off the king over there. I'm going to pledge my allegiance to you. <laughs> and, <laughs> and he, he bows. Bow. He no. bows. The monsters bow. It was bow. so cool. It's like they and bent then, the knee. They literally bent the knee. <laughs> and then when Godzilla uh, eventually won, because he does that, Rodan goes up to him and he's like, okay, so now we're back to you being the alpha. Let me go ahead and bow and hope you don't blow my head off for killing the queen. <laughs> oh, right? Or having a hand in killing the queen. Almost killing her. Oh, and Godzilla just gives him like that disapproving look like, ugh, whatever. All right. Fine. Fine. He was like, you can also say it's very warm-tongued. It's very Starscream. Starscream. Yeah, that's what yeah. I was going to say. It's like a ton of Starscream. Starscream, warm-tongued, Baelish. That was one of the scenes, too, where I kind of like, you said Godzilla kind of looks at Rodan like, mm, all right, why not? You see the expressiveness of the monsters, too, because he has like this, this like <laughs> smirk on his face, like, this motherfucker wants to be a part of my crew? And all I just, right, I just, dude. I just, I want to say that, you know, like all this Godzilla talk aside, that uh, Meta has this D&D &D campaign going on, and I mirror my character after those kind of personalities. <laughs> Wait, which ones? Are we talking about like Baelish and... Yeah, and like, War Tongue, Starscream. Very much so. Oh, Megatron! Like, I can't, I can see this now, basically. You're just like, basically going from, from like, Alpha to Alpha, like, pledging... Master, I pledge myself to you. Um, oh, the other thing I wanted to mention about uh, opening up... The <laughs> oh, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, go ahead, guys. About opening up the future of the Godzilla franchise. Space. Yeah. Oh, God. 
Because if you have King Ghidorah originating from there, basically, and you open that up. So how many other characters from Godzilla oh, have I'm, space origins? Or, like, well, go, go ahead, Bob. No, like, going back to the least seen characters yeah. conversation that you mentioned earlier, um, besides Anguirus, it would be cool to see Baragon. Oh, yeah. God, he got so... His death <laughs> in Godzilla Monsters All-Out Attack was sad. <laughs> like, he didn't even... He, at least in the old movies, he could shoot, like, fire out of his mouth. They didn't even give him that. <laughs> Godzilla was just, like, stomping all over him, like, oh, okay, so... You're coming to find me? Oh, let me kick you over here. Oh, wait, you. I think your face looks good in this mountain. Let me help you with that. God. Oh, and like that just reminds That's me. That's very Gregor Kaligatis. <laughs> that reminds me of another one of my favorite action points in the movie when uh, Mothra gets involved against King Ghidorah and like pins him to the side of the building with the with the webbing. And like King Ghidorah, oh, you can see is struggling. New. Yeah, web the web was definitely not there either. But like again, the way that they added these details to the monsters, like for me, who's not as big of a fan as you are, but knows enough about them. And it's, I mean, I guess especially for you, seeing these cool new powers added to these monsters is incredible for a fan. And that part I love because there's two reasons. Obviously, like. You have Mothra with this cool new power. You have King Ghidorah, like, kind of struggling to free the other heads. And then <laughs> that again, was funny to see. Yeah. When, <laughs> when, like, their, when their heads were, like, pinned to the building. And, like, and the awesome part, but, but see, like, that's why I love that part. Because you see King Ghidorah's trying, struggling to free them. One of the and he kind of does one of them looks like, oh, shit, Godzilla's coming. <laughs> He's, right there. He's right behind him. You see Godzilla's massive reflection in the building. He just freaking tackled the dude through the building, dude. <laughs> that was another part that was awesome, which is another reason I want to see this movie in IMAX 3D so badly. Yes. I want to see Godzilla and King Ghidorah topple a freaking building. Oh, man. That reminded me. <laughs> in one of the initial interviews before this movie came out, uh-huh. they talked about the interplay between the heads themselves. <laughs> I saw it, and I loved it. Yeah, yeah. Like, they were snapping at each other. Yeah, the middle one especially. Mm-hmm. Like, he had such crap for the left one. Like, eh, get up, get up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, everything relied on the other two heads. And you can really see the dynamic. Mm-hmm. Like, the middle one is clearly... So, I, I can just imagine, like, when he gets stuck to the web, when he gets stuck to the building, t- tele- telepathically, he's telling another Open it already, God Get this damn, damn webbing off of me. What are you doing? Like, I'm trying, I'm trying. Uh, boss, <laughs> they all gotta, had that look. Something you gotta know. And then... <laughs> it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> that was like a Nick Fury moment or something like that with the pager. But, like, that was see, that was another awesome moment for me. Um, Walt, why don't you tell us to get away from the Easter eggs for just a moment. Is there a moment of the movie action-wise or otherwise, that you thought was your favorite part of the movie? Because for me, that was definitely one of my favorites. That part of that fight was awesome. I like Godzilla's new animation for powering up. Oh, the, you mean um, with the with the charging up of his back, of yeah. the spines? That's that's not That wasn't the thing in the first one, right? Uh, the first one... No, the first yeah. one, yeah, it was. It kind of has it, been in the past. 2014, like that. Or 2014 one? Oh, okay, that's what we're talking about. Because it has been in the past movies, I know. Like you said earlier, not all the time, but you said it has been once or twice, but in general it happens in his upper back, what you were saying. But it has happened in the past. It's just not a detail that's always been there, but I think we all agree it's kind of cooler that way. Right, I thought cool. it was a new animation. I thought somebody had said that before, but okay. It, it was could be new wrong. as far as 2013 is concerned. As starting at the tail, it's never started at the tail. 
Yeah. That's could, what, I bet my life on that. It has never started in the tale. It starts. It's never start in the older movies. In the older movies, it has never started. Right. That's what I'm saying. So. Oh, excuse me. Okay. But yeah. I thought this was an, a, an addition that they added in this movie. No, so I guess it I'm was wrong. in 2014. You know? also. Okay. Okay. Um, oh, excuse me. I think I drank a little bit too much water. Okay. Oh okay. So, like, what other? Is there anything else that kind of stood out to you Man, as a you favorite took, fan moment? You guys took everything. Off. Well, there is you one. Did. There is one thing. And I like the way Mike Doherty changed this a little bit. Mm -hmm. So this movie gives us our first glimpse. And I think if we ever get to Godzilla versus Destroyer, we're really going to see the full extent of its power. Mm -hmm. Godzilla, for lack of a better terminology, goes Super Saiyan. Yeah, which was also kind of awesome, too. (laughs) So he becomes Burning Godzilla. Uh, And that's basically where he gets supercharged with radiation and he's just Gushing with power, Which he turns all red. Sirawa, God, I keep forgetting. Sirizawa, that's what happened basically when he like supercharged him with that nuke because it was a little too close to Godzilla, I guess, for comfort. Yeah, gave well, him that the awesome movies, burning power. The older movies, that was the the thing that killed Godzilla. Yeah. So generally, what happens with that transformation mm-hmm. is it's, it's basically kind of, at right? the point where it's, it's he's absorbed, even, right? So in that movie, what happens? So in the Godzilla versus Destroyer movie, what happens is something happens in Birth Island, the island where he's residing with Junior, Mm -hmm. Godzilla Junior. Mm -hmm. A a freak nuclear accident happens where a bunch of uranium just like gushes out of the ground, and Godzilla happens to absorb all of it. Through absorbing all of that, he got too much fuel, and what happens over the course of the movie? Is that not only does his power spike astronomically, he can't even control it. Super Saiyan. It's basically a <laughs> nuclear meltdown. <laughs> he's like, yeah. uh, that's he's, what, that's what it is. He's like, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, a, it's like a, yeah, he's he's like Hiroshima, but like in in like exactly. monster or more form. Chernobyl, if anything, something yeah. like that too. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's funny because in that old movie, once he does achieve once he full meltdown, critical mass, um, the whole place is a ghost town. He destroys everything, he destroys including life. It. Exactly, but that was only because they mitigated it. Because what was originally supposed to happen was he was supposed to blow up, and mm-hmm. that explosion could practically blow up the earth. Oh, but yeah, he that's did kind of blow up. So they had to cool him down with, with the, the Super X three. Yes, I and the other that. ice based attack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they they and, probably would have been too complicated to add all that to this movie. And be yeah, like, no, no yeah. let's add a new so piece of technology. One of the ways they worked around that. You talked about that, right? One of the ways they worked around that was they actually gave. King Ghidorah, a power that's actually attributed to one of his other iterations, but works for this iteration as well. Mm-hmm. He siphoned Godzilla's power as he was charging up. So yeah, that's when he, when he was biting him. him and he was biting him. When he was biting the, him, yeah. The, the power was just going into yeah. him. Like Godzilla's energy would surge and he so, kind of like sense, steal some of it. Mm-hmm. That worked. And also, he kind of did that. To, it seems like he can steal energy in general because he did that to supercharge himself when he fit into the yeah, to the power to power and to power, power station mm-hmm. and did that. That that was, actually that's another part that I really love because like what the hell just happened, dude? He just freaking did like a Vegeta like self explosion and like lightning freaking launched in every direction. That part was really cool too because you saw all the helicopters and planes come falling out of the sky after he did that crazy attack. I like how he was inventive <coughs> enough to see that. Like the metalhead just looked over and he was like, "Huh, idea." Yeah, there was a real intelligence to the monsters in this movie, and that's not something that hasn't been there before. 
but, but it's really pronounced in this. Yeah, movie. which again, really, like really that's why that's one of the things that I love so much, and that's why you you like the human characters and the human plot works. But we get past it to a point where the monsters are just so intriguing in so many different ways. Uh, what other moments are there in terms of Easter eggs, things that that you guys liked? Yeah. Any any future stuff that you want to discuss also besides? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So just well, one more thing. Like going, uh, still piggybacking off of the Super Saiyan moment. Mm-hmm. When he used the nuclear pulse to kill King Ghidorah. Mm-hmm. Oh man, that was cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's actually a power that you first see in Godzilla versus King Ghidorah from the nineties. Oh, so that was a voluntary thing. That wasn't him like kind of melting down. No, this? that was that. That's actually a power he has even without you know. Oh, being super it was just sane. it was just super super charged because of his like burning Godzilla mode in this one. Basically, yeah. Godzilla's had a lot of weird powers <laughs> throughout the years. Here's yeah. my question. Didn't he have a, like a magnetic power where um, that was in my hold favorite on, movie. Yeah, hold on, hold on. More important than all. More important yeah. than all of this. Why can't he fly anymore, man? Where's Godzilla's <laughs> ability to fly by using his freaking like mouth yeah, he's not blast? Playing, uh, he's not yeah. I think I think <laughs> if we ever go to space, we'll see it there. He's gonna be gonna see it. <laughs> I'm almost there. Yeah, but going back to the future. Uh huh. You guys asked before what monsters could that possibly entail opening it up to space. Well, uh, if Elias were here, he would vouch for King Ghidorah's cousin, mm-hmm. Kaiser Ghidorah. <laughs> super powerful, the stronger version of King Ghidorah. <laughs> Sounds and given like an how strong, given how, given how strong, got an interesting design, by the way. Yeah. Hmm. And given how strong King Ghidorah is, oh my god, I can't even fathom how strong Kaiser Ghidorah was. So be. Kaiser Ghidorah started as Monster X and then he evolved into Kaiser Ghidorah, right? It's is basically like right? a transformation. Yeah, right? So he just transforms into that Kaiser Ghidorah where he's got like four legs and three heads. Oh, so he's like a like super that. jacked King Ghidorah, looks oh, like. Oh, absolutely. He's like, it's just like, like you don't even. King Ghidorah on steroids, basically. Yeah. And then. He could easily be the Thanos of this universe, if I'm going to be honest. <laughs> well, so yeah, somebody's got to be, because it seems like they're building up to a huge big bad, which we got a little teaser of like somebody at that's going to be end. returning at the end of the movie, which I kind of wanted to mention really quickly with that head that got bitten off. So, ah, yes, the head. So, interesting thing about the head. Um, when Godzilla fired off his nuclear pulse thing... Mm-hmm. This, the whole city of Boston got leveled. Rip Boston. So there was a whole bunch of rubble. We're Yankee fans anyway. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> so there's rubble all around. It doesn't look like there's anything there. Oh. But then we see it starts to, the rubble starts moving, and you see the head of King Ghidorah on bridge. Yeah, that was cool. And you're scared for a moment because it's like, wow, he's still breathing? And honestly, I wouldn't have been surprised because King Ghidorah has always been one of those monsters Godzilla has almost never managed to kill by himself. Yeah, he needs help all the time against King Ghidorah, which is why he's one of his better villains. But that was yeah. a cool part. <laughs> but what ends up happening mm-hmm. is that because the, here, here's the thing. This is, this is a really, really troubling thing. This was just a head. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just because what ends up happening is Godzilla has his mouth 
around the head because he's, he's trying to swallow Yeah, the it. whole body is gone. It's just King Ghidorah's head. But the head out. is still alive. And still fighting. Just the head. <laughs> and eventually what happens is Godzilla fires off his spiral ray and just disintegrates that little thing. Mm-hmm. No more that King Ghidorah The head punk. was still alive. Which maybe, like, if you think about the setup, I'm not saying this is necessarily going to lead directly to Kaiser Ghidorah because it would be a different origin from the original, but maybe that head that still survived is going to somehow be involved in creating this Kaiser Ghidorah character because he's kind of, he doesn't look exactly the same, but, like, maybe somehow they can use that DNA to create this larger monster. I don't know. What I was thinking, yeah. Mega King Ghidorah. Yeah, but... Yeah, that's another thing, because mm-hmm. I guess what they could probably do is they could stimulate... Let's be honest. The head is there for a reason. Yeah. It's either A, something else is gonna happen. either A, it's alive, or B, I don't know, maybe they could do some science thing where we stimulated the brain so that the regeneration process could... Also, also remember, like yeah. Alan, uh, the the the, the eco terrorist that Charles Dance plays mentions that that the way that he makes money in this movie is by taking the DNA of the Titans. So that could relate in some way. Yeah, he was trafficking it. to to what we're going to get in terms of monsters in the next movie. Because the next movie, right, is going to be King Kong versus Godzilla. But so maybe the big bad is some, some right some form. That was my simple Ghidorah. point that I was going to make because yeah. it's almost probably going to be like a Batman versus Superman thing where they're probably going to fight each other, and then it's going to be like, well, there's a bigger threat. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I they will make it. Be a little bit too conflict. early to be cranking that out. Who knows? But that's 2020. That's the one that comes out next year. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. Tell so, us a little bit more about what you think theory wise. Either way, either King Ghidorah can just simply come back. That's one thing. Mecha. Mecha God, Mecha, Mecha King Ghidorah <laughs> could also be a thing. Because that was a man-made uh, From the future, in, though. Right, in the future. Oh, yeah, that's true. It's in the future, right? Yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah, what yeah. actually happens there is Godzilla defeats King Ghidorah in the present, but people from the future go, okay, so the past is going to be screwed if we keep letting Godzilla go on this rampage. We need to develop a weapon that can actually beat him. Hey, wait, there's a half-dead King Ghidorah out in the middle of the ocean somewhere. Let's make Mecha King Ghidorah. So again, callback, right? Because where did they find the head? In, in the, the ocean, ocean, which is similar to that plot point from way back when, right? Yeah. Easter eggs all over the place. And, you know, it's interesting because when that Mecha King Ghidorah is defeated, that's bit for bit they use all of those parts to make Mecha Godzilla too. Yes, and Mecha Godzilla two goes crazy. No, no, that's three. That's the three. That's, that's, that's different. Three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that when they use is... they use parts from the original Godzilla, right? Yeah. Okay. As I told you, Japanese the Japanese Godzilla movies can get a little wacky sometimes, right? But it's a good kind of wacky, guys. Yeah. Um. So yeah, there's that. We could also see Mecha Godzilla itself because. I mean, if the U.S. military is bold enough to actually make the oxygen destroyer, I wouldn't put it past them to make Mechagodzilla at this point. So, again, we're back to the Pacific Rim. Kind of with the, the Jaegers, right? Okay, well, kind of. Godzilla made Jaegers first, okay? Yes. <laughs> you know who I want to see, right? Uh, you know who I want to see? I want to see Space Godzilla. Yes, that's we, we were talking about that. That's the one I, I really want to see. want to see that one, too. I just wonder how they're going to do 
Well, they did say at the very end of the movie with those snippets that there is another Mothra egg um, somewhere. I, I don't I don't remember exactly where yeah. they said it was. So was well, probably where she hatched. Pro- right. So Mothra will probably come back, and then eventually Mothra will go out into space and have some G cells attached yeah. to her. And that's how you get Space Godzilla. Because that's actually Space Godzilla's story. Mothra gets into a, tuss- a tussle, a tough fall with Godzilla. And basically, at the end of the movie, Mothra has to go into outer space because a meteor is threatened with the existence of Earth. So what happens is she goes into outer space. And as she's going into outer space, G-cells kind of like fly off her. And basically, those cells become exposed to like cosmic elements going into a black hole getting crapped out the other end at a white hole uh stars exploding all around like the stuff of primordial creation and basically all that stuff is just accumulating and accumulating and accumulating until you get the beautiful ugly baby space godzilla the beautiful ugly baby a godzilla made with crystals right he has crystals two huge crystals on his shoulder right Mm -hmm. and then a whole bunch of crystals down his back Yes, and his famous Corona Beam, which he can control, like, uh, like you know Darkseid, how he can control his Omega Beams? Right, yeah. Space Godzilla can control his Corona Beam. Like so that's pretty much a more badass virgin. Badass virgin. Not a virgin. Badass <laughs> <laughs> virgin. But that too. No, because um, Godzilla's had babies. All right. Badass so. <laughs> virgion. Which oh, begs the question, Godzilla. where did the babies come oh, from? <laughs> I just mispronounced the word. <laughs> So there's basically a more badass version of the original Godzilla. Complete with other powers as well. Wow. Yeah. Compounded upon Godzilla's powers, too. Wow. And then, God, he's almost as sadistic as Destroyer. Like, this is nuts. So I the like other, him. Yeah. The other way you could go, the actual aliens that are in the Godzilla universe. The Exilians <laughs> produced Gigan. You could do Guy again. Guy again. And I don't know that we necessarily need the space apes, but there is an iteration of Mecha Godzilla that was created in space. And I'd love to see that. By apes. Space I apes. I want to see more Kaiju films now, just thinking about all this, man. Dude, there's like... I want, I want to see more. Oh, but you know... Well, you know the snippets where it said they were... That the place was... Uh, there were certain parts of the of the destruction where it was getting regrown. Mm-hmm. One, I could have sworn one of the snippets said one of them was growing a little bit too rapidly. I was like, oh, crap, are we getting Biolante? Oh, my gosh, that's true. Because Biolante is plant DNA mixed with Godzilla, right? Yep, Godzilla DNA. Yep. And that creates Biolante. It's a big flower. Big flower, big bite. Mm. More like a Venus flytrap. Okay. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> a little less durable than Space Godzilla, but still pretty cool. So what other what other kaiju are we missing? We're missing Orga. That's right? another alien one. We don't know much about the aliens who made him. It's probably something in comics explore. Yeah. Um, who else are we missing? We are missing... Megagirus. Megagirus. Megagirus is interesting. Patra. The evil Mothra. Mm. Yeah. He's really cool character design. So Megagirus is, uh, what, like a dragonfly type? Yeah. So 
it's actually based off, I think Mega Nulon is an actual... Uh, an older, primordial version. If right? there's a like dark version... version? If there's a dark yeah. version of Mothra, is there a dark version of Godzilla? Space, well, technically, no, space Godzilla. technically it would be Space Godzilla, because he's kind of bent on domination. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna call these bright burnt versions. <laughs> I, I know you. I know you understand. Like the bright burnt version. Yep. So we have Bacha, right? <sighs> Bacha was a very interesting character. Um, uh, who else? Hetera. Hetera, of course. That would be. That would fit in so well to this climate change talk. Yep. It would. The smog monster. Uh, you could also do. Titanosaurus was all right, but he's not the most memorable. He's so pretty cool, though. What about the one that was uh, in, oh gosh, I can't remember the name of that one. That was one of my favorites growing up as a kid. The one where the kid was being bullied. Oh, not Minya, no. No, no, not Minya. Remember there was another one? It, it was it was um, a tall, he, he had a big, long neck and head. Was he green? I think was so. Was he a redhead? I think so. You That's Gabra, probably. Gabra, yes. That's that guy. Gabra. We gotta find a way to bring him in, right? <laughs> he was a very, very weird looking. Yeah, kaiju, you like, know? he was yeah. awkward looking. Yeah. Who else was out there? I can't even remember. Um, you can also do. Um, let's see. We talked about, about Monster X. We talked about Kaiser Ghidorah. We did obviously Mecha. What about Mecha King Kong? Mechanic Kong. That's something they could do too. That'd be another one of those uh, G-Force oh. Division creations. I know minor characters, but you got Kam- Kamakuras and Abira. Oh, Abira, that's right. The giant lobster. There you go. The giant lobster. Giant lobster and giant spider. Yeah. You know? Kamanga, that's Kamanga. Oh, Kamakuras is the Yes, yes, yes. I'm sorry. Francis. So, two bugs. Um, a lot of bugs here. Baron. He's also alright. He's kind of <gasps> like. What about King Caesar? Oh, oh my gosh, how could we forget oh, about him? Man. Right? King Caesar is like. And I saw this really nice redesign of him on Instagram the other day. Oh, it was yeah? amazing. Okay. I'd be I'd be thrilled to see it in a live action. King Caesar would be awesome. Yeah. That one that one was the cool fight where they, they started going into like soccer soccer mode. Oh, that was in like Final that. Wars. <laughs> Yeah. They started. Who was it? It was. Um, it was a four-way between Godzilla and Giras, Rodan and King Caesar. And then Giras rolled himself up into a ball, and, King, <laughs> and Godzilla kicked him. No, no, no. King Caesar. No. Well, no. King Caesar tried to do the goalie stop where he jumped to no, the no, side no, 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 to no, try no, to no, stop. Here's what happened. So Godzilla. <laughs> so Angiris does the thing. That's when his attack, sees, right? Yeah, that's one of Angiris's famous attacks. So he starts bouncing. And Godzilla, as he's wont to do, use his, uses his tail to, like, smack him away. Yep. But then King Caesar jumps up in the, in the sky and totally does a soccer kick. Go, and oh, then Godzilla kick? starts going like oh, this. Like a, like a bicycle <laughs> kick where he, like, yeah, yeah, flips. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Really? Yeah. <laughs> sounds ridiculous. <laughs> I got to find the clip because that, that was one of the awesomest clips. When is that going to be in one of these movies? I'm waiting. For I don't think movies. we're going to get anything like that. I know. I'm kidding. But it would be awesome. That would be a nice little deleted scene if they wanted to do the extras on those special. Effects. There's a reason it's deleted. <laughs> After this podcast, I'm going to show you guys. Oh God. You know? 
And then I think Dying one more it. interesting villain that would be kind of cool to see. It's actually not in the movies. It's part of the comic book run. Mm-hmm. I believe they're called the Trillipods. And they're basically like... Um, they're like... I guess the best way to describe them is like they're... Uh, you know how Majin Buu likes to take certain aspects of certain, oh, yeah. With his certain guys? Ability, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what the what the Trillipods can do is they can there's there's basically a Trillipod Godzilla, there's a Trillipod Titanosaurus, there's one for each monster. Okay. And they all have their strengths. Okay. And they use them to fight the monsters. And then you have the Super Trillipod Vegeta, who is like fifty. He's probably the Biggest monster Godzilla's ever had to fight. Mm-hmm. And so big and so strong that it actually unlocks a new tier of power for Godzilla, even in the comics. So Past his... Super uh, Saiyan God Godzilla. Basically. Actually. Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan Godzilla is the only thing that's able to take on this this massive yeah. being. And basically, the, the way he beats him is actually reminiscent of the Broly movie because he basically... Because he's fighting with a whole bunch of other monsters, mm-hmm. like defenders, right? Mm-hmm. And what he does is he musters their energies while they're kind of like, oh, okay, we're, we're kind of done fighting. And then he just unleashes all that energy, unlocks the new power into like a supercharged... Oh, you mean like the original bro? Yeah, the original yeah. <laughs> So it. he does a, lend me your strength. <laughs> does he punch him right in the chest and then make him fucking no, like... Fly into the sky and then explode the, like Broly in the original. It's the quote unquote Kamehameha to end all Kamehameha. Kamehameha Godzilla. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Like, I don't know. Are there any other standout moments to you guys that you want to jump on? Or do we basically. I think that basically covers. This understand movie. all the good stuff that happened in this oh, Godzilla God. movie. Oh, God. What you, oh, I, it looks like Walt is trying to queue up this Godzilla final. <laughs> He's so, really impatient about wanting to I, see this thing. Is, yeah, you guys, you guys have to watch it. So this is a movie that came out in 2004, right? Godzilla Final Wars. It was the 54th, 50th anniversary of Godzilla. We actually went to the Godzilla Comic Con in Chicago, G-Fest for that. And we saw a screening of it in, Jap- in Japanese. No subtitles, no dubbing. And we got to see this. Okay. So, so this is Godzilla oh. versus Anguirus versus <laughs> Rodan versus King Caesar. And okay. So there we have Rodan. There we have King Caesar. Okay. Yeah, it's okay. So there's the kick. <laughs> Godzilla just tail launched him. Okay, they're really, they're really taking it out. Yeah, they're really taking it out of context. Yeah. No, they probably just don't want the copyright stuff to jump on, to fall on top of them. I'm assuming we'll see the Godzilla playing goalkeeper thing any minute here now, though. Oh, it's great. It's just great. <laughs> <laughs> this is when did this come out? 2004. 2004. Okay. Very good, very good Godzilla movie. But they're just showing most of the monster designs. They're not getting to the good stuff. I want to see the goalie moves. That what that reminds me of, like for some reason, it's like some sort of like parody, like Shaolin Soccer, which is an awesome freaking movie, by the way. If you guys oh, haven't yes. seen that, Shaolin Soccer, soccer is brilliant. Yeah. Oh, there nice. <laughs> 
Oh man, they're doing wrestling oh, moves. Oh, they Ooh. do wrestling yeah, moves all the time. You know, yeah. dude, he just did like an Irish whip. That's crazy. <laughs> Irish whip into the mountain, and then he jumped right off. Yeah, he tried to springboard off the ropes, and then oh lord, this is gonna be quite a collision over here. Uh, they did the thing. Yeah. Come on, come Stop on. Taking it out of context. <laughs> They put it all out of order, basically, is what you're saying? Yeah. Oh, they ripped it apart. There he goes. There's a jump. <laughs> they crashed. Oh. Drop kick. <laughs> Drop kick. Exalien. What channel is this clip on? Man. I don't know. This is taking forever. Let's give some cred to the guy who put this video <laughs> up. There goes Rodan. This is sky. Bombed hard, dude. Yeah, because... Um, to put that into context, at least, when Anguirus first does the thing, Godzilla okay, here we go. Up. Here we go. It's the Sorry, kick. kick. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> <laughs> what is even the point of that in the context of this movie? King Caesar with the bicycle kick. <laughs> go! The K-1212 YouTube channel is where we saw this random goalie oh kick. Oh, my God. Thanks, K-1212, for showing us some of that stuff on YouTube. <laughs> out of context. Totally out of context. <laughs> but that's okay. Uh, that's still know. a fun little detail, I guess. Can I just say one real quick thing that I just found out about here. So Bradley Whitford's character, his mm -hmm. name is Rick Stanton. Mm -hmm. Apparently he's loosely modeled after Rick Sanchez from the show Rick, Rick and, Morty. and Morty. Really? It makes yep. sense because he, the, the drunk part Doherty had the yeah, character he has the drink a lot to keep the character in line with the spirit of Rick Sanchez. So <laughs> weird little Weird I actually like. Spread. I actually appreciate that character a lot more now. <laughs> yeah, that makes it even better seeing that Bradley Whitford used the inspiration from a cartoon to like. But that gives <laughs> you an idea of, of the kind of characterization you get in this movie. Even though, like I said, I enjoyed it. It was like this guy pulled from freaking Rick and Morty to create like the inspiration for his character. <laughs> kind of love that. Okay, so let's wrap this up actually by talking about the thing that we kind of hinted at for the entire podcast a little bit, and that's the characterization of Vera Farmiga's character, Dr. Russell, right? Dr. Russell, I keep forgetting her name because it's kind of not so memorable. She's like Dr. Savannah from, Sh from Shazam. Um, so that was kind of the thing that, like I said, fell flattest for me in the movie. Nobody, I don't think any of us really understood what she was trying to accomplish exactly in terms of the plot. We kind of get that she was somebody who really was like, okay, like the environment, let's not destroy the planet. You know, like plants are populated. These monsters are the key to it. But like, it seemed like when she made the decision she made earlier in the movie, she had no real true understanding of what the actual role of the Titans was. It seems like her and I guess Kyle Chandler kind of came upon it, Kyle Chandler's character came upon it as the movie went on. So to me, that's the reason why her character, in a sense, kind of falls flat in her motivations. Because like, here's this thing that I want to do, even though I don't exactly understand what it is that I'm doing, but what it is that I'm doing might wipe out half the planet, and but I'm then okay doesn't that. end up doing that. But I'm still okay with that. And also, I have to say, in 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 this in in the the voice of Jack Nicholson's Joker from Batman 1989, I'm glad you're dead. I am glad you're dead, Vera Varmiga's character, because like she had to die after all that stupid shit she did. It was a point movie. that I thought she was gonna survive, though. Yeah, you said you were gonna be upset about that. I would be. 
Well, know? why? Why would you be upset about that? Because, like, your just, because you know what? It, again, it, it's one of these things where it's like you're being chased by freaking King Ghidorah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you're not going to yeah. survive that. And what happens is in that scene, she's running away from it. In um, and she has the orca, which is this. Which we didn't did even like discuss what that was exactly. So the orca, the biggest is plot the, point in the movie, is the turntable, right? And she describes <laughs> herself as a DJ for the kaiju. It's right? like Winamp, basically. Yeah. It has the like, yeah, visualizations, exactly. everything. And so what that thing does is that she created this this language that she can utilize this orca with. She didn't to, create it. Well, she honed she, in on their frequency. Right. Well, she but kind no, of created it because remember, she uses a human frequency. Well, she to, to blended certain ones to communicate, right. but she was largely using them. To create a new her, alpha sound, right? It was her creation, right? Exactly. And so, in, in their language, the alpha is the one that speaks the biggest, right? Yeah. And so, she created an alpha language that they would understand. Now, and that's what drove and controlled the monsters throughout right. the movie. You, if you did it the right way, you'd make them your friends, and if you did it the wrong way, then they would attack and try and kill you. Right, and King Ghidorah was just pissed because he was like, there's another alpha around here. We can't have that. So right. that's why he chases her and eventually... And he chases he doesn't, And she, he doesn't end up killing her, but it kind of ends up being right. her demise because he blows up the car it. she's She in. does it because she's no, she trying to let... let the car. She just no, crashes no. Well, yeah, well, he, but he shoots it, right? He shoots it and, and flies and, like, flips. You know what I mean? And then Godzilla yeah. walks in and levels the city. Godzilla's yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying he didn't kill her. Ghidorah didn't. Like, he basically melts... I'm glad like, she's dead. Godzilla you know? melts her to death, basically, because he doesn't give a crap. But she was doing it to protect her family, which before she was willing to sacrifice... The husband and everybody and stuff. Yeah, like, how does she know, like, who's going to get sacrificed? Like, she doesn't care at all? No. It it's like, matter. it didn't make any sense to me. And also, I have to mention with the orca, I have to say it again, because I talked about this earlier. Where the fuck is the security at any point in this movie? Anytime anybody tries to do anything. she So Millie Bobby Brown's character, to set up the final conflict, she steals the orca from Charles Dance's character, from Vera Farmiga's character, to basically create a signal in Boston in Fenway Park to draw the monsters in so they can find a way to defeat them there, basically. That's kind of so, like what it was, right? So, so the weird thing is that they're in Washington, D.C., right? Yeah. And they decide to go to Boston? Yeah. It doesn't... Uh, where do, no, where do who, the Nationals play? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, no, no. They were in Washington, D.C. You mean the characters? The human where, characters? Ghidorah was originally based in Washington. Ghidorah was in Washington, D.C. That's what I'm saying, like... But that, but he only oh, so went they, there because right, right, right. of the signal. Remember, they were they were in the outskirts of Massachusetts because again, that's what happens. Like Billy Bobby Brown steals the orca, walks out of this awesome. secret underground base in Massachusetts, just she walks out, walk out. She just she kicks the gate through, open. She went through the, yeah. the fence and stuff. Still, you know, like she just kicks the gate open. She's just like, oh well, here I go. And then she gets to Fenway Park. There's like military and people there. He just slips off to the side and goes to the booth up there, like plugs in this orca thing. So she can bring all the monsters to Fenway Park of all places. By the way, I wonder if the we're gonna talk about this again. I wonder if this guy is a is a Yankee fan. Why did he destroy Fenway Park so hard? Maybe that's why he. Maybe he's a Nationals fan. Maybe that's why he wanted to have it happen there. I'm gonna find out. It's almost a detail that we're discussing. Why Fenway Park of all places? Why did they destroy Boston? What do they have against Boston? Besides the fact that it's Boston, that's where the Red Sox play, where the Patriots play. It would have been interesting to see that fight just about it. It would have been interesting to see that fight in New York. Trash all of New York, man. That's what they do in the movies all the time. They always destroy our city in the movies. 
I don't see if they're necessary it would have been a problem to do it here, but whatever. The fight Maybe scenes were Boston still really cool. Boston was like, hey, we, New York just gets destroyed too much. We want our city to get destroyed. Yeah, blow us up for once. <laughs> like, hey, what are you doing? Come to Boston and blow us up. Come to Quincy Market and blow that up. Why don't you? This freaking guy over here. All right, but anyways. Yeah, like that, That I don't know. Does anybody else have anything to say about Fear of Farmiga's motivations because, like I said, none of that made any sense to me, and that was the thing that took me out of the movie the most. Yeah, it it, it didn't uh, it didn't work for me because, like I said, she she starts out she's working for Monarch. Monarch has a history of activism, right? They're trying to save the you know these titans and stuff, and she decides to weaponize. So now the whole thing the reason the why whole she thing weaponized it, though. Right, it's the very first scene, which is a very BVS scene, right? Mm-hmm. Because the very first scene of Godzilla is actually the fight in San Francisco for Godzilla 2014. To set up, basically, 14, yeah. Right? Like, to set up, like, the, the, the motivations. Right. Like, no, she's, like, she's like Batman and freaking yeah, a little she bit. Loses, they, they lose their son in the Battle of San Francisco when uh, Godzilla was fighting the, the Muto, right? Yeah, which also made a comeback in this movie mm-hmm. as one of the final monsters that bends its knee. <laughs> so in, in this in this scenario, um, they break up because you know the the strain of, of losing a child was too much, and so Mark Russell, which is the the ex husband in this case, or are they still married? I don't. I don't. They didn't. Oh, they didn't make Yeah, Kyle no, they were. They were not. They were not. Because remember, he says, "I got an ex-wife and okay, a kid." Okay, so they so are divorced. Right, they are divorced. Mm-hmm. So he has a very specific thing where he hates Godzilla. He wants to kill all the Titans, mm-hmm. right? Which makes more sense. Right. Exactly. <laughs> she, on the other hand, loses the child in the fight to God with Godzilla and the Muto, and she decides to join Monarch, which their sole purpose is is to save the Titans, mm-hmm. right? Well, save in mitigation. And under, understand them and control them and yes. control them. You know, mm-hmm. so she decides. Right? She decides in her warped mind that um, she wants to eventually. There's a there's a turn, and she wants to weaponize these things. So you know, because they were going to kill them. Yeah, they were the U.S. Kill. government was working really hard to put Monarch down and kill. Right. Monsters. So, but again, you know, monsters are the thing that took her child. Why wouldn't you be okay with that? And again, why would Ken Watanabe be okay with it either? Because he because he, he, he has understood. a nuclear background, and he went to understand Godzilla. He didn't just go, "Oh, this is a nuclear thing. I want to do everything I can to kill it." He took the time to understand it. So maybe, what if she went his route? Maybe not so much wanting to hate, but wanting to understand and mitigate. Which is monarchy. When she understood and mitigated, she wanted to use them to kill everybody. Yeah, that's what I don't understand. Crazy. Right. She is crazy, but then she becomes uncrazy in the movie because then she realizes what's going on and she's like, and she's the one that comes up with the plan that Millie Bobby Brown's character thwarts space. Or no, that uses it. uses it. Because she, she comes up with the plan, and Charles Dance is like, "No." But Vera Farmiga, with that, when she comes out with that plan, she still doesn't fully understand the consequences of it. So it's like she never understood what the hell she was doing for the whole movie for me. And I, she I brought this smarter up. Smarter than that, though, she's well, a freaking doctor. I brought this up in our GOT Game of Thrones conversation, and this was one of my complaints. I don't want to spoil this for you, Meta, but this is one of my complaints mm-hmm. about like the last, about certain parts of the last couple of seasons. Okay, like the way that I see it is. 
if we have to spend our time trying to figure out how a character got to that point in terms of motivation or details, it does not work. work. We shouldn't have to figure that out. They should have characterized it better. That's good writing. It's poor writing and sloppy writing to me. If you're just like, if you got to figure out after the movie is over, like, why did they do that? Like, that takes too much time to connect the dots here. Exactly. If if you have to, if you can't figure it out until after the movie is over and you got to be like Sherlock Holmes after the movie, like, there are certain movies that work when you do it that way, but this is not a movie to me that would work in that way. It's a very rare occurrence where, like, yeah, there are movies that you love to sit afterwards and kind of figure out what the heck happened because they're that cerebral. But this movie is supposed to be very simple from start to finish. And that's what makes it so good and so endearing. That's what makes Godzilla so endearing, right? It's 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 simple monsters versus monsters, and the humans get involved, and they try to build a good plot around that. But we didn't understand her. And so, like I said, for us to have to try to understand her doesn't work. They try to frame her as heroic at the end. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But you've caused the destruction on a massive level. Millions of people have to be dead. Exactly. Millions, if not tens of millions. Because it wasn't even just one place. This was happening 17 different places (laughs) all over the world. Yeah, and they were wrecking shit. Exactly. So, you know, it just, again, you know, and like I said, I'm I'm nitpicking because I ended up loving the movie. Yeah. But it was just one of these things that, you know what, this plot really didn't make sense. That was the weakness. You could have gotten something simpler. You could have gotten something... It didn't have to be this whole, oh, there was a twist at the end that she ends up working. Not only working, she contracted Charles Dance's character to be yeah. a part of, of, of they should her not. They should movement. not have been in a plot together. No, they shouldn't. They, if know? they separated her from him and had him be the catalyst for King Ghidorah coming back you and all that have, stuff, had, that would have made more sense. You could have had her... To have her actually, turn like that? I didn't yeah, understand it. Just leave her as the scientist who built the Orca thing and have him... Steal it from her, right? Or and, even, and then the whole plot from there is trying to get it back from these guys. If you, if, even if you want to have them get kidnapped and you want to create that conflict Make for it her, seem like they will have, well, yeah, have it. Charles Dance push her towards it and almost convince her in a way, or and that's how we get there. Use the daughter against her, or use the daughter against her, you exactly. Know? Which he almost seemed like he was ready to do at a couple of points, but and then cool. that never happened. And then he just, like, did some smiley faces with, with like, Millie Bobby Brown. She gave him the finger, and that was the only interaction they really had. Exactly. So, okay, so that, that's, that's the only weak point in the movie. For right, me. that's the only thing. Like, I glaring weak point. You know, there's I, I, little I was fine things with, here and there, but I, I had fun with it. I was fine with all the other characters. I had a big problem with just her. Which know? is sad, too, because I normally really like her as Yeah, she's a great actress. You know, you know? I love everything that she's done. Mm-hmm. You know, she was in, um, you remember that old Paul Walker movie um, where he was, oh gosh, I can't remember. It, she was in the movie, but she played like a, a really crazy, um, no, no, she didn't, she didn't play. She played the husband, the, the wife to Paul Walker's character. I don't know if I saw that one because the movies I remember her from are The Departed. And Remember, she's the wife, she's the wife of... Uh, Matt Damon, I think, mm-hmm. in that movie. And she was also in Up in the Air with George Clooney, this movie from the there is, there is another movie that she's in. Oh my god. Well, these are the movies she's in. Bates Motel, The Con or this is Bates Motel's show, The Conjuring, The Departed, When They See Us. She's an orphan. I didn't realize that. Is there anything you see here that 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 rings a bell? You can tap there to see more of the movies. But anyway, she's a good actress and Running it's, Scared. Running Scared. Running okay. Scared. She's been in a lot of good movies, and I yeah, it's kind of sad that, that, that you know? she 
didn't get to flesh she herself. She was in the conjuring. Especially considering said. to me, like, how, how spot on and awesome Ken Watanabe's character and Zhang Ji's character, Zhi Zhang char- character, how well they, they put those characters and served those characters in and gave them real purpose, gave them real motivations. I thought... Like I said, I don't want to. I don't want to beat this to death because I don't want anybody to think we didn't like the movie. No, we loved it. Everybody movie. pretty it much was, enjoyed it. Again, you it know. Was, you know what it reminds me of? Um, and I was discussing this with somebody on Instagram um, because we were talking about reviewing the movie and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, this reminds me of the Transformers movies in a, in a sense, right? Because you go over there, and you, what are you? What are you there to see? You're there to see the robots. Transformers right? destroy each other. The people are secondary to the movie. Right? Yeah, they don't have to be a part of it. Really. Yeah. We want to see robots fighting. We want to see kaiju fighting. Mm-hmm. So the the people ask the person, the human element of these movies should really be secondary to these characters. Right. And the Transformers movies up until much recently, but now they've kind of course corrected <clears throat> with Bumblebee. Um, they were pretty enjoyable. You know what I'm saying? The first one, I had a blast with the first Transformers, right? The second one was okay. Second I didn't go much okay. beyond that one. But right. Yeah. yeah. After that, it started getting wonky and stuff. And, and you have robot balls and weird accents. And, and they like, had uh, King Arthur's uh, Court and, and Merlin and some of these uh, movies and stuff like that. It got into a really weird place. But but my point is, it, it kind of felt like a Transformers thing where you're there, you check your brain at the, at the door, and you're just there to have fun. And mm-hmm. the movie was fun. The movie was fun. Fun. It was great. So you know, uh, she was the the part that I wasn't too crazy about in terms of the movie. I can understand. Okay, so let's let's stop complaining about Vera Farmiga. Let's wrap yeah, this up. Let's guys. finish this up. In general, PCOP crew out there, those of you that are listening, all ten of you. Hopefully, <laughs> we'll hear some more some more of you soon. We're still going to bring you great content, regardless. But anyway. Anyway, those of you that are listening, that's our wrap-up, basically. That's our pop culture over pizza wrap-up of Godzilla, King of All Monsters. Please go see the movie. Yeah. Give it some, throw some movie. money at it, man. It's a good movie. Let's throw some money at it so we can get a really awesome King Kong versus Godzilla next yeah. year. No, we can not pop even more money that. That's pretty much guaranteed. No, that's wrapped Do it for the MonsterVerse, damn it. <laughs> yeah. Do it for, yeah, do it for the, the future of this MonsterVerse. Go see the movie, guys. No, it was no. worth it. Go see it in 3D and IMAX, too. Throw some more money at it because it's worth it. Worth it to see in 3D and IMAX for sure. We didn't see it the first time, like I said, in we'll 3D and IMAX. But we're all going to see it again so we can see it in 3D. Drink the critics cooling. What's yeah, disappointing that. is that the, it's underperforming both domestically and worldwide. And worldwide, I thought it would do much, much better. This and still it looks like it's it's not happening. So well, we'll see um, what happens. Yeah. So I'm 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 telling you guys, root for it. Go go out and watch it. It's a really really. If you love kaiju, if you love Godzilla, you can't go, go wrong. Watch it. You if can't you go wrong with this movie. Still go watch it because you'll love Godzilla. Yeah. Afterwards. If you like big stuff you know? blowing up, just go watch it, people. Thanks for checking in with us today. If I'm upset you, if you don't go see this. By the way, you went to go see. Transformers Dark of the Moon and you spent money on that? Go watch this movie. Yeah, this is this is an impassioned plea to go watch a movie that doesn't suck. Thank you. Anyway. Anyway. Anyways, we're so upset over here. No, we're just kidding with you guys. We want to thank you once again, as always, for joining the crew for another pop culture over pizza pizza party talking about some godzilla some zilla today actually no zilla is kind of a sin we can't talk about zilla no zilla we talked about some godzilla 
Again, we want to thank you for joining us. As always, people, check us out on Facebook. Check us out on Twitter, on Instagram, Pop Culture Podcast. You can find our podcast on Google Podcasts. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. Like, share, subscribe, comment, email, smoke signal. Reach out to us any way you can. Subscribe to our podcast on Anchor. Give us some feedback on what you thought about the movie. Tell us what you thought about it on Instagram, guys. We really appreciate your feedback, those of you that have reached out to us on Instagram and anywhere else. Um, so we would love to hear some more about you again. And we're also always willing to hear what you would like to hear or what you would like to hear from us to improve upon our fun little podcast here. Anyways, you guys, I am signing off. As always, peace out from Jose. This is Kaiju Walt. Ghidorah, first of his name, the one who is many, false king. <laughs> and my name doesn't matter. Anthony, what was his name? Anthony Joshua has officially been defeated by Andy Ruiz Jr. And Andy Ruiz Jr. is now the unified WBA, WBO, and W and IBF champion. Bit of big boxing news for you guys tonight. This is breaking news. Breaking, breaking news. That match must have just ended, if anything, like that. Oh, yeah. My name is Asap Bauer. He <laughs> <laughs> won't beat Godzilla. <laughs> no, probably no, won't. not. Long live the king. Long may he reign. Long live the king. Once again, guys, as always, thank you again for joining us. And also, as always, stay geeky, my friends.